0: Rainy, rainy day. My kind of day. How you doing? What
1: are you doing, your nut job? What What are you fixing?
0: I got <laughs> fucking guitars to fix, man. I'm cleaning up the shop. Look at that counter. Oh my God, you can see shit. This counter was up to here, man, with crap. I couldn't find one fucking screwdriver. Now, golden, man. Uh, oh, that's so much better. You just got back. You offered me a, a taping on the road. I missed the chance. I love it when you're fucking driving, man. You might <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, we had to, uh, we have, um, what's it called? Um, we're doing some testing with Connor next week at the Glen, right? Yeah. But oh, we went to do the hospital cards before.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> In kind of like, basement at the separate section there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Front, Good you job. Remember? So. You're cleaning this
1: up just because you want to clean up or because you're actually going to launch to trying to do something on a guitar? What do you? This what is
0: you the last place in the whole fucking house that's really like, that's a pigsty. Like my garage <laughs> is a little cluttered now because I don't have room in here to put shit. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I'm looking at the guitars and we've talked a lot about that, you and I, like, okay, what kind of pickups? Which one would sound good? If you fix the fucking, you know, the Samick, it would sound like a Gibson. I'm like, yeah, okay. And I'm really more and more thinking that It's rather than hire a luthier and if they're already fucked up, how much more can I fuck them up? Not that much. You know what I mean? I know what you're going to say. Don't fucking make it worse. But trust me, ends they're as bad as they can get.
1: It depends what you want to do.
0: I want to try my hand. I want to take a fucking guitar that is never going to be used in the current state and just fuck with it. I've got so much stuff, so much stuff. I've got electric staplers. I've got glue guns. I've got fucking wire strippers times 20. All this old construction gear from the fucking family company from a million years ago. I won't say it's going to waste. If it's no good, if, if someone else can use it, I'll give it or sell it or whatever. You can't
1: right? talk that stuff.
0: Most yeah. of it. Most yeah. of it. I have an arsenal of tools at my disposal and it's a shame. It's not only for that. It's for kids crafts and stuff, you know, like you want to make glass fucking cut something that's weird. I got everything, everything. So cool. it's finally, it's finally coming together. The shop is now going to be whatever it needs to be for the family and for, for me. So I can fucking fix shit. It's exciting. <coughs> the last fucking stampede. And then I can convert my garage into a, you know, like a big tools slash workout fucking pump iron. Invite the fucking boys over to drink scotch. That would be the kind of thing i, I'm doing. I was like
1: a plan. <laughs>
0: yeah, right? It's going to be fucking awesome, man. I can't wait. Who cares about all that shit? Apricot sludge! Fuck, yeah, man! I'm fucking stoked. I could fucking kiss you, man. I'm so excited. You have no idea. I've been on this body buzz since you fucking <laughs> posted the video at 10 p.m. on Friday. So tell me about Apricot Sledge,
1: man. Go. I don't know. Do you want me to post another one tonight?
0: <laughs> i, I'm I save want you to post writing. every day. I want Apricot Sledge it. to be out there, man. I want the website. I want the podcast. I want everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Actually, thank you for reminding me. I got to go check the website thing. Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> this week, definitely something is going to be coming. If it's tonight, if I can get down there and finish that mix I wanted.
0: Right on. <laughs> so let's just be clear for anyone watching this apricot sludge is enzo's band name his official uh original music name i suppose what Is we, that the
1: right what do we call the not so super group yeah there it is, there it is.
0: <laughs> not so super group listen i like what th- the post that you did like you do edit your own thing and you said another soul mason goes rogue i'm liking that that, was
1: that, me. Was that wasn't me i thought that was you <laughs>
0: So, two of the soul masons right here have gone rogue and started their own fucking solo career. So that's the, the beauty of it. Your solo career is so deserving of fucking attention, man, and I can't wait to see all that cool shit that comes out. So there's nothing to sit there's no place to send people yet. There's no destination yet. It's just the teaser videos. Yeah, but if you Google search Uncle Fubar's garage, and that's why I've been harping on it because Uncle Fubar's garage, is more of your like public, just sort of social media persona. Did
1: I, guess, did right? I, did I, did I get to post it on YouTube yet? I don't even remember.
0: I think uh, I saw yours on Instagram and TikTok. I, I didn't check YouTube, to be honest. But I looked to, to see if there's an okay. Apricot Sludge platform somewhere and not yet. So
1: anyway, it might oh, be. I can rename it. You're right. It's true. Okay, more more homework to do. There you go.
0: <laughs> this is just fucking the infancy of your online brand <sighs> persona, man. It's coming. It's coming. I just yeah,
1: I'm still fucking hilarious. And and yesterday, uh, to to yesterday, the day before, I got eight tracks of drums. Sent the test over. How does this guy? Well, fuck. It sounds good. Keep going. Wake it, man. That boy. Man. That boy. I'm telling you. You know, three hands from chopping all day long or whatever you want to call it, tendinitis and fucking whatever. (laughs) He he did something like 17 takes on one of those songs.
0: Holy fuck. This is Ken, right?
1: This is Ken. I go, Ken, what are you doing? He goes, do you want them all? I go, fuck no. Pick three that are good. Send three. He goes, none of them are are good. I just want you to hear them because I'm still working on what I want to do. Wow. That's dedication, man. That's great, man.
0: (laughs) You see, all of this fucking trickle-down effect is happening in the strangest places where we're just fucking spouting our stuff. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. This is what, whether you fucking like to listen to it or not, this is what we're doing. And I have, like, every respect for Ken. He's. he's I know it's affecting him. But he's fucking, he's thinking. And you're pushing well, him, is-
1: What I'm happy about is that he's getting used to working within that world, the software, the, the hardware. You know, like, now he's like, oh, yeah. that button. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't call me. He fucked something up and he figured it out on his own. And, you know, I'm like, okay, buddy,
0: you're good. <laughs> Saving you a trip to have to fucking go and make things okay in people's systems. Now they're fucking becoming independent. That's great, man. I'm just so excited. See the impact you're having on the world, buddy? You're, you're taking this all down with you. And I fucking love it. Amazing. <clears throat> Amazing.
1: But he's so, he's so fun to listen to. He's so different. And, it, you know, like, I keep harping, you know, like, you're one way, Steve's one way. He's totally different. Yeah, yeah. His his rudiment, he does not come close, anywhere close to Steve on his hi-hat work. Not even you, but the double bass, you guys, there's, wow. Yeah,
0: Yeah, right? And It's only going to get better. Like I've I've told you before, I heard so many things that like, oh, wow, I could tell what he wants to do. And you're like, yeah, I can hear what he's trying to do and he's not there yet, but it's coming and it's like, it's like the beginning of pandemic when we're just starting to figure out, you know, cakewalk and all this shit. Like, what does this do now? It's like, no, 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 it, it does it. But you get to tweak, 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 tweak. We're just tweaking, man. It's getting better. The quality is getting up there.
1: And, and I know that he, he listens to your drumming and he listens to Steve's drumming besides all the other drummers, you know, he listens to. And he's like, he is a sponge, man. He really is a sponge. The kid, the kids, yeah. he's seven years old,
0: 47 year old kid, 50 year old kids. Awesome. Yeah, yeah something
1: like that. So I, I caught, albeit I didn't catch it live. I did catch. I saw the end.
0: <laughs> I learned. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I learned something. The first couple of times I performed it, like not to seem too close to the mic, not to try and do too much on the acoustic. Just like let it be what it is. And then I resolved to just play it like uh without the guitar like just to sing along with it and then i'm like no no i'll play guitar so i'm just it's like everything else that we do we tweak we tweak we tweak and thanks to you you fucking put me on to a song that i've loved my whole life
1: you just did the intro what was that what the other song you're about to mention pinball wizard (laughs) yeah yeah you didn't do the whole song no, because what I saw was just you on the
0: acoustic. Oh, no, 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 sorry. I didn't perform it live. When I said do, I recorded, I mixed okay. the video. To the, no, no, no. That's, it's going to be this weekend. It'll be the premiere right. performance of that. It's the one I'm most excited about of all time. Listen, I've been playing the same 12 songs for so long now, it's kind of like they've lost their luster for me. So this one is new, but it's also, I think... My best performance on drums so far because it required me to practice. I practiced that whole day and a half. ends, you know, me I fucking hate practicing. I
1: know. I'm just...
0: uh, this yeah. guide track I'm going to redo. No, it ended up being in the master of everything, you know. So this one I worked. I worked. It's not perfect. It's not great, but it's it's my best work so far. So I'm excited about cool. it. Cool. It's all your do- fault, bro.
1: You're doing it Saturday? All right.
0: On uh, on Friday on Reddit and Saturday on Twitch, yeah, yeah, it's the uh, the two PRS dates, so uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And of course, there's more acoustic stuff coming, but you know, it's just this is it, it's supposed to be the pub rock sessions is like the highlight, you know, with the fucking video and all of the 17 tiny bows But this one I kept to the basics: one electric guitar, me on just flavor, but another acoustic guitar, so two guitars, a bass, and a drum. That's it. No fucking keyboards and shit, and it's like super simple. And it, I think it came oh, out great. I'm proud of it. Perfect. So if you're interested in checking out the schedule, go to the music page of t to find out when I'm bombarding people with tiny t-bows and live streams and all that shit. That can be a little convoluted, the schedule, but there's five shows every week. There's three acoustic, two pub, uh, pub rock sessions, and it all happens between Thursday and Sunday. So if you want to know when and where and how, all the links, just go find then, the music page and, and you and get then
1: the after he's somewhere in between all this, there's a t-bar stream. And then when that's done, he hookups he hookups the iv and the oxygen because he's got to replenish. or i don't know
0: what you did on labor day i took the day off i did fuck all on labor good day for you. literally and I like I told you in, in, in DMs. I'm like I can't believe this. This is I've never done this. I've never taken a whole day without editing anything. Like it was amazing, amazing. So yeah, and I made a little uh, the, pre, uh, the I'm doing the tiny people now instead of duetting people. I'm making them do promos. You know, for like whatever stat holidays. You know, Christmas, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I
1: saw that. that was cool.
0: It's going to be a more of a like a holiday thing and just special events. You know, when you do an album launch or whatever, we're all going to be fucking excited and shit like that. So the Tiny T-Bows <laughs> are become the promotional tool that they're supposed to be when they're not fucking on stage with me live at, uh, at the stream and stuff. So yeah, that was my Labor Day. I took the day off. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. And, and you, how was your long weekend? I barbecued. <laughs> we well, yeah, got I'll the be- menu for the barbecue. Soul Mace's Barbecues. Come on, <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. are we announcing that? Are we going to live stream it?
0: (laughs) I don't think we should live stream. I think we should maybe just take a few pics and show off fucking Steve and Jim hanging out, like coming out of their fucking cage. Wait,
1: Uh, is there anything to release that weekend? No, unfortunately. Well, maybe I'll release it early. We'll see.
0: Well, speaking of releases, I have been very motivated to tighten up. You know, my schedule is crazy, like you've alluded to. Although it's crazy... It's very hyper efficient for me. It works for me. I think everyone in the world who's doing multiple things needs to just find the right balance. So you give yourself a chance to hit your deadlines with a little bit of breathing room to catch up if needed, or sleep, or fucking get drunk one night, or do whatever. Like that's so important. And I'm learning every week. Right? I'm tightening up the schedule, tweaking, removing sleep things, adding stuff. Hey,
1: sleep is overrated. <laughs>
0: But the schedule to me now is, it's always been very important. I have to hit those milestones, but I give myself some leeway. The thing that I've finally made a part of that schedule that works is all of the content for the pub rock sessions and acoustic, because this is really, it's my live live gig. I have to do that shtick, and I have to prepare the content in a regular way. I can't play the same 10 songs forever, it makes no sense. So that's working. Now that that's finally there, and it's got that little sweet spot, I've looked very hard at the real meat is the originals and remember i told you i was going to release one song every month and i'm sticking to that i'm definitely going to do that every thursday every month has four thursdays sometimes a fifth month but let's say four thursdays every month so it's going to be writing and guides tracking mixing and video okay right so each week of the month which week one two three four of a month has its own sort of job that I need to do for the originals so that I can hit that every fucking month. And because this month coming up has a bonus week, September has five Thursdays. Yes, I'm yes. on that point where I'm going to be doing the video in the fourth week for morning. And then the fifth week is the video for silent running. So this month is a big month for like the third and fourth, the third original and third video and beginning of the fourth song.
1: So what you're saying is morning will be the next release.
0: Morning is the, definitely the next release. It'll be at the end of this month in time. I don't know like exactly when, but I'm going to, instead of the two week, but the, I don't believe in this hard date. It's the uh, goal. Listen to it. Whenever I don't a go, fuck if it comes out in a day, a yeah. week, whatever. whatever Just release you
1: know, it. But, yeah, it yeah. But yeah. But see the, the thing I think that you're, you're figuring out too, is that you got to have everything to go ready with the release because then you, you're playing catch up and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Exactly. Yeah.
0: So that's the plan. I can't wait. I'm coming out with finally a video for silent running while making content for all of the live streams. Uh, It's a lot of fun. I'm finally getting there, man. You've been an inspiration to me, bro. You keep me on my, you keep me humble. You keep me honest (laughs) because on the T-bar every Friday night, we fucking vent our problems. You listen to me talk too much and get drunk and have a lot of fun. And then you do fucking cool shit, like announce an apricot sludge. Those highlights of all of the friends and other heroes that we have, I just, they, they, they raise me up, man. They fucking fill me up. It's so fun to be able to remember. Oh yeah. Fuck. I had too many glasses of wine, but I forgot. We talked about Keenan and copper and uh, wonder truly and all of our friends. So that stuff is so important for me. So if you're, if you're interested in having a fucking chit chat and, watching us be complete assholes check us out on friday nights at 9 p.m eastern on twitch for the t-bar live stream it's a fucking hell of a lot of fun junior
1: ass not complete assholes junior learning apprentice assholes
0: apprentice assholes right yeah <laughs> that's a that's a song right there <laughs> before we get into our guest for today i want to mention that i've been checking out you know that i'm working on a booking for a new guest on t bow vision a band from australia yes. named dr goddard those guys are fucking cool uh, there's this fellow manu from greece who's gotten back to me and he was a former contestant on the voice the greece cool. episode there's another couple from uk that i'm looking at and a dude from nova scotia which is i'm really excited about he's an incredible metal guitarist who's doing all kinds of gaming themed stuff so we're looking at some pretty cool interesting guests coming up i can't wait to fucking add those to the schedule and uh bug the hell out of you by occupying your fucking mondays and sundays for, for the next fucking 18 years that's not what do you a remember about Sabrina? Star Days Trail. Tell me what you remember about her.
1: She's amazing. She's amazing. Another old soul. Jesus Christ. Discovering the blues, Delta blues, and learning it in the span of two years. Just. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to top it off, one hell of a fucking graphic artist, if you want to call her that. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, just a. Damn good artist, not just a graphic
0: yeah. artist. You know? oh, incredible, incredible. Her Man. concept for uh, for like put, creating that sort of um, macabre, dark world that she that she does with all the textured layers and all of her comic book experience just Really a,
1: amazing. Oh my god!
0: <sighs>
1: yeah, and yeah. she's. I was watching her latest one last night. I was out here at about midnight in the rain, yeah. or it was, and I was like. <sighs> <laughs> holy Yeah. yeah she is incredible incredible
0: absolute breath of fresh air man it's just so fun because we've always sort of circled around the different genres of music picking our favorites and taking elements and adding them to our own music and to see what she's doing she's got such a definitive style but it's not pegged down into one little thing she still branches out but she brings it man every fucking time that feeling and then she's Got that, you know, the stars are fucking shimmering around, it's dark, and or fucking Perfect. doing lightsaber stuff, like, all of that. It's just, yeah, she, uh, she's part of the crew now, man. We're going to be fucking following her for a long time. An amazing inspiration. So, without any further ado, let's get into this episode with Sabrina, a.k.a. Stardaze Trail. Guys, you won't want to miss it. Check it out. Sabrina, there you are.
2: Let's see if I can get my video working.
0: Yay. I see the logo. Uh, it's a good Yeah, skirt. that's me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there we go. I think that's working.
0: Hello. Welcome aboard. Hi. Hey, from Montreal, man. How you doing? I'm Paul or Thibault Mont- or you can call me whatever you want. It's no problem. I respond to all kinds of manner of crazy names.
2: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's great to meet you. All the way to Montreal. Wow. That's crazy. Well,
0: I don't know. It's not that far. I mean, I don't even know how long it would take to drive to... You're in Connecticut, I think, right? Is that where I saw on the yeah. website? So yeah, so no probably,
2: the- I would say probably like 10 hours to get to the border from is here. Is it that
0: far? No kidding. Okay. Maybe,
2: yeah, because I think it's like six hours to Rochester, New York. Right. So it depends yeah, okay. on where you're going.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's- so
2: not that far, but for me, you know, I'm like, oh, I've never even left the country, so like everything is... So big to me.
0: I'm a bit of a hermit, you know? so I don't mind being like super local and staying put. I don't like traveling. I really don't enjoy it unless I have to. Or if it's a thing with the kids, then that's that's a different mm-hmm. story. But I'm still, pandemic's great for me. <laughs> I know. There. I was
2: just about to say we're living in the right time then. Yeah. The hermits and introverts are thriving right now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I need recovery real great. time from <laughs> meeting with people in person. You know, you go to a party or whatever, like, hey, yeah, just put on the face. Oh, I need three days off from that. That was, oh, that was my, a good experience. Yeah,
2: it just it saps the energy right out of you. I agree. <laughs> I get I agree.
0: it. I totally understand. Oh, we this see works, your artwork it. too, even better. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. This
2: is uh, my personal gallery here. Yeah, the studio, wall. Of fame. So. I know
0: most of them. Yeah. I've seen them on your IG feed. That's freaking great. Mm-hmm. So fun. Enzo and I were talking, there's Enzo, we were talking last night, we do a live stream on uh, Twitch, uh, we call it the T-Bar, which is two old guys from a you drinking and making asses of themselves, and well, so we were talking about you, I said, should we do a sneak peek of Sabrina's stuff, so we took a look at your Instagram feed. Hey, Enzo, Enzo, good Enzo Sabrina, morning. Sabrina, Enzo. Sabrina?
2: Hi, how's it going?
0: Uh, not bad, you? Just saying, Doing we good. were stalking her Instagram feed last night on T-Bar and checking out the artwork and the... Uh, the one moves off. and the yeah. lightsaber stuff and i, was, I busted oh, my that's,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> lightsaber out too just for I was, fun <laughs> i was gonna pull one of these but then i'm like
1: i'll probably die doing it but <laughs> <laughs> oh my god nice, bro.
2: <laughs> i can what hear the? duel of the fates playing yeah, really yeah. loud right
0: now yeah <laughs>
2: nah, <laughs> nice
0: that's freaking great man yeah yeah <laughs> we'll get there right we'll get there yeah absolutely. oh yeah i would love to
2: talk about it because that's relatively uh, a new thing i started doing you know the Flourishing and all that stuff. The pandemic has brought out a lot of weird interests for me. Isn't so. it the
0: best? The pandemic rocks, man. I, I mean, <laughs> despite all for, of the for
2: that at least, world I'll global
0: for creativity
1: and, and uh, bad discovery, stuff, mm-hmm.
0: self-discovery yeah. and. Drinking? Totally. I sorry, drinking. not drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe bad. a little bit. No special coffees for me yet. I'm I'm on street uh, just uh, caffeine. Enzo and I, like, I see we're doing our live stream last night, and uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm Sabrina's going to be pissed. I won't be sending the itinerary until in the morning. And I woke up a little bit late, and I got the kids this week, so we're just you know having a morning breakfast and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that. like I got to hurry up, and thankfully I found your interview with Austin. Austin Cabrera is that the right name? Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, oh, that's, yeah. that's great. Somebody else that did homework for me. You know, I feel like I was cheating on the <laughs> exam. So I could sort of, I'm scanning through to where you talk and I'm listening like, oh, okay. So I learned a few things. And then of course I'm digging into other, uh, your other socials and stuff. So there's no way that I got to all of it, but that's the whole point. Enzo and I, we just love being able to talk with cool people and learn. And then you're going to tell us the stories that are not on your feed and not in, you know, the Twitter or Instagram and stuff. It's the things that we don't see that we want to learn about, you know, and find out what makes you tick. Right. The itinerary doesn't really fairly represent you, I don't feel. It never does. So we leave it on you to tell us to fill in the gaps, if that's okay with you. Sure. I
2: mean, I don't really um, really mind not really having any particular focus if we just have a casual talk is fine with me.
0: That's the name of the game, man. That's what we're all about. We we enjoy that. So we thank you so much for making time to be on our show and doing this interview. It's so much fun to finally get to meet you and talk to you about all your cool stuff that you've been up to (laughs) recently during pandemic Mm -hmm. and before. And so I like to go as far back as possible. Did you grow, were you born in Connecticut? Did you grow up there or did your family move to Connecticut from somewhere else? Can I paint a picture for us and let us know where you're, how do your background, like growing up and young Sabrina. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, geez. Um, man, do we have to go that far back? <laughs> wow. in, in, uh,
0: in so far as you're comfortable telling us, it doesn't, you know, I mean, we're not digging yeah. for, uh, for, for you know, for stuff here. Just, uh, so, just uh, give us an idea about young version of you.
2: So, yeah, I was uh, born and raised here in Connecticut. So I live in New Britain, which is right outside of Hartford, smack dab in the middle of the state. Um, right my my mom is actually from New York and her family had moved to Connecticut where she met my father's family and they've known each other since they were kids, you know? All right. I think my mom was, yeah, my mom was like 13 when she came here and met my father's family. So uh, they've been here. My dad's been here a long time. He was actually born in Puerto Rico, but he came here when he was six months old and he's been in Connecticut ever since. And um, yeah, so I've been uh, born and raised in new England. I'm a true blue Yankee. You know, um, but there was a point where uh, for about uh, almost eight years, we lived in Florida, which is oh, no. the complete opposite of wow. <laughs> New you England. Survived. Yeah. So,
0: survived. <laughs> Congratulations. Did you get the I T-shirt? I mean, I lived in like,
2: <laughs> oh, my God. I, I've met Florida man several times. He's an interesting <laughs> character. Um, <laughs> but no, I lived in central Florida. So that's like the heart of tourism and Disney and all yeah. that all that <laughs> jazz. I don't know if that counts as the South
1: but um, <laughs> it depends on who you ask. Yeah, but isn't it, is like, really uh, um, the truest sense of the melting pot, right? Like, there's, everybody's there.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's really, it's it's really a little bit of everything. I mean, if you go up to the Panhandle, you're going to get all the college kids and stuff like that. If you go South Miami, you're going to find all the, the Cubanos down there, a lot of Hispanic cultures. Right. Um, I think if you go... To clear water, you're going to find a little bit more upper class kind of people.
1: We're well, all the retired
0: Quebecers, you know? Yeah, I was going to say. All the fat <laughs> white French people from here. <laughs> Seriously, the snowbirds from Montreal and oh. Quebec surroundings. There's got to be a strip for them somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's relegated to that area. <laughs> Go there. at those crazy
1: fuckers over there.
0: All right. <laughs> BYOP. Oh, Bring geez. your own puts in. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't wish that on anybody. Completely
2: different. Completely different.
0: Yeah, oh, so you yeah. survived Florida, that's so, um, school, but then you came back right to Connecticut?
2: Yeah, I came back in 2016, and that was around the, the time that um, I started getting into professional illustration, because I've always been drawing in high school um, a lot of different, like, anime characters, and uh, I was really into Japanese animation and uh, Japanese comics, and I was drawing them a lot in school, whatever was on Nickelodeon at the time, so this is like, mid-early 2000s, that's what I was drawing Um, But I didn't start taking it seriously until, yeah, until 2016 um, when I got in contact with uh, Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez. And um, he gave me my first illustration gig on his independent comic book. And from there, it's just been slowly kind of working my way up in illustration. So it it almost felt fortuitous to, you know, come back home around that time. I guess, I don't know, it was probably meant to be that I came back to New England for that because, you know, New York is... Uh, New York City is about two and a half hours away, so I was able to go there for Comic Con easier, right. and um, it just it really like everything kind of fell into place. Is kind of funny how, how it went down. So
1: a real boon. So what what came first, the guitar or the or, yeah, or right. <laughs> the paintbrush? I mean, or the the sorry, the stencil. The, the pencil, guitar whatever. came first. The guitar okay. came yeah, the
2: guitar first. came first. Okay. Um, I, I my dad had always played, and he taught me how to play. Uh, when I was, I think I started around like probably nine or 10. I started on a classical guitar and it was huge. So I'm, I'm like a nine year old with this huge guitar. So it was very awkward. It wasn't a good look for me at all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I started that early, but it, I didn't really have any direction in what I was playing. I didn't really know what kind of music I wanted to do. Cause I was young and you know, the big musical influence I had in my house was Christian music, gospel music. Um, so, you know, I was kind of going with the motions and then I stopped playing for a while and like high school, it wasn't until the pandemic started really that I found blues music in Americana. Wow. Um, right around the time the lockdown happened, uh, I started getting into slide guitar and um, cause you know, I got furloughed from my job. I had a lot more time on my hands. Right. So I'm like, oh, "What can I do be productive here? And so I was listening to, um, if you guys are familiar with Donnie Harrison, who's George Harrison's son, oh, okay. he has a band called The New Number Two, yep. right, and um, he dropped, he created a soundtrack for this film um, called Beautiful Creatures, and the, the soundtrack of that film is what got me into Americana, all like this Swamp Tronica kind of okay. electro. I I'd heard about like, it, I
1: haven't heard anything from it, because I'd heard that he had done it, but... Yeah, that'd be cool. i cool to check that out. And
0: Swamp Tronica, yeah, what a freaking yeah, yeah, cool he's, honor he's, name, man!
1: up. Yeah. Awesome. he is fucked up. <laughs> right he's on. got his dad's he's skill. He's so trippy. You know? Honestly, <laughs> he has he has his dad's skill. He he, yeah. he can play mm-hmm. him to a T, but he's like he's got the avant garde part. Right you know, like on. He's really out right. there.
0: Love it. But he's, Love it. He's,
1: mm-hmm. he's, he's he's incredible. He really is. Uh, a
0: talented musician,
1: and a great comedian, influence to
0: man. start with. So that led you down the yeah. path, of blues to during the beginning of yes, pandemic. Sir. That's really cool, man. Right on.
2: Yeah, and I, I'd heard the soundtrack before when the because I think the movie came out in 2013. Okay. So, but for some reason, I don't, I don't know. The timing was right that it kind of lit a fire under my feet, and I'm like, I kind of want, I want to learn how to do that sound. Like, what is that? Yeah. So I know it's a weird way to get into the blues, but everybody's journey is different. Hey, um,
0: absolutely. Yeah. We endorse that 100%. Yeah. <laughs> we endorse the crooked path, man. <laughs> you know, the chaotic Yeah, road. I mean,
2: it's it's kind of bizarre, but that's how I, I found, because after that, I did the whole YouTube rabbit hole. I went down to see who originally, who started all this stuff, and that's how I found all the Delta Blues guys. Okay. Um, Robert Johnson's the gateway drug. Everybody's gateway drug to this kind yep. of music. Totally. Um, Charlie Patton, Sun House, um, because I kind of because I knew that there was a like a, a blues boom in the '60s, right. um, but I knew that those guys were influenced by earlier artists, so I, I yeah. wanted to take it back as far as I could to the beginning. So before Clapton, before um, you know uh, Led Zeppelin, Rolling Stones, I wanted to see who did it originally. Um, because I I was, I kept hearing sweet home, Chicago, sweet home, Chicago. This is not the original Hear The original who did the original. And then I found Robert Johnson, which led sun house, which led to lightning Hopkins. Who's my personal favorite. Um, I love the way he plays. Uh, so yeah, that's what I was doing throughout, you know, my furlough, um, learning how to play slide. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's weird how, in a certain moment in your life like you can hear certain music that you've heard before but for some reason I don't know like the stars aligned and it just like you know kicked me into high gear and I was like ah, I gotta learn how to play this music that's awesome you know so I've really enjoyed it and it's it's really opened up this whole new thing for me especially on social media I've met so many people and um here I am now talking to you guys so yeah, it's it's, yeah. It does. it's really cool how that happened. I'm,
0: you have 100 new demographics that you didn't know about. Like, what <laughs> are these middle-aged freaking weirdos that are uh, blues fans? Okay, sure. Which come in all different fucking colors. Like, I mean, the, That's the, true. The, the enviable thing that I love about what you just told us is that you're going back as far as possible to research prior to mm-hmm. all the popular people that ripped off those guys that were never fucking recorded. And, you know, like right. even before Howlin' Wolf, like there's, there's still this other layer and all of that. Like, what? There's more? and you're going there and figuring it out and making it like part of your repertoire. I just, I think that's amazing. Cause not enough people do that. You just like, just turn on the radio. And if that's all that people think exists and that's music, like it's such a shame. It's such a waste. And it just denies right. all of the other work that's been done and all of the incredible creativity, some people that did it first. Right. Right?
2: Yeah. I mean, and, and I believe in singing the blues responsibly because it does come from a a, not particularly culturally insensitive time. There's some lyrics that are a little bit, uh, I kind of yeah, omit them when like I'm covering you said, songs. It's
1: from the time. It's fine. It's what it was. It's yes. real. Yes. It's real. It's you know, real. Yeah, music. it's
2: real. It's for sure. But I just didn't want to be ignorant about it yeah. and not know what I was talking about. So I wanted to do my research. I mean, I found myself going back to how to the, the people that came and colonized Appalachia and, and where that music came from. A lot of Irish and Scottish people I had no idea about. You know, so even going back that far, I just wanted to know the origins of this music and the colloquialisms, why they said certain things and sang certain things. Um, You know, obviously, I I think it's important to to talk about this kind of stuff. And today, obviously, we can't apply, you know, uh, modern goings on. We can't apply that to, you know, 19th century music. No, it's a different Um,
1: world. It's a different culture you know right and i I wanted to understand
2: why right yeah and i i think it's important to do that research and know like oh this is just how it was you know (laughs) i'm in in it just is what it is i'm not gonna get mad about it it's how it was you know so
0: exploring the history and going back to the roots of whatsoever creative you know like outlet that you, that you're exploring I think is so important and I get that from Enzo all the time because Enzo's mm-hmm. got an incredible knowledge of actual people that played in bands and that connections between it's very much a movie critic of music you know like to say Did you know that this happened and I'm like oh I'm clueless Tebow like oh yeah okay that's great man just moving along but it, it sinks in sometimes. Right. And just to hear him say those things, it, it helps me have a better understanding of what I'm doing. And in the weirdest moments when I'm not on the phone with him or not talking to him, I'm recording at 4.00 AM. and like, I remember Enzo said something about his drummer that used to play on this song and I'll go and look. And then I'm off for two hours online. Like, wow, this is fucking so cool. The research journey, yeah. continues, you know? So the fact yeah, that I mean, you're doing that is amazing. Part. I just love that. Now, I wanted to, if you don't mind, I want to go back a little bit because I read or did I hear about it in Austin's interview or I read it? I can't remember which, even though it was just this morning. That's how great my fucking memory is. There's something about uh, young Sabrina wanting to be a meteorologist. Long before any of this stuff <laughs> oh, started. Can we tap into that for yeah. just a couple of seconds? Because this is I think it's beautiful, sure. but you know, <laughs> like the honest, innocent, like I want to do this. I want to be a firewoman. I want to be an investigator, an archaeologist. So tell us about that because it's it's interesting to see the seed of interest because there's a tie-in at the end of the at the end of the show, if we get to it, of course, that has a little bit well, to do with that.
2: <laughs> well, um, it's not something that you usually hear kids say. They usually want to be an a- astronaut or something. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's funny because when I was a kid, I was so afraid of the weather. Like, if a thunderstorm was rolling through, I would, like, run around the house and shut all the windows. I was so chicken. I don't, I don't know why. And then as I got older, that completely flipped. Like, I'm waiting right now for a thunderstorm to roll through, you <laughs> know, and I just like standing out and watching it. Yep. I don't know if I got <laughs> that from living in Florida because it's like a very Southern thing to do is to go out and watch the storms roll by
0: hurricane season and in Florida.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And in, 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 in the South, like you get some really good action. Like the, I remember uh, some crazy lightning storms like the hand of God rolling mm-hmm. across the sky. Yeah. And I would love fa- watching it's it. It's fascinating. It,
1: you know? it is fascinating, you know, and, it, mm-hmm. it, yeah. and you're so pulled into it that, you know, your own safety sometimes <laughs> yeah well wait a second maybe i shouldn't be standing here like a fucking moron okay hold on but it, it is so amazing it, it, yeah for I, still sure. I, mean, I still do yeah. that too you know yeah. oh let me go outside
0: go uh, stand in the rain or just you know like yeah enjoy stand the out out of there, the standing
1: way. under a metal structure that's going to be the first <laughs> fucking thing
0: that's going to get hit okay hold on Let's go back inside <laughs> i'll move over five feet yeah. yeah
2: and that's the thing too like if I wasn't doing all this, if I wasn't a musician or an artist, I would be a storm chaser. Like that would nice. be my third career option. Yeah, right. On, that would be a, so much fun to do. Mm. I mean, as, yeah, as corny cool. as 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 corny as Twister is, it's like one of my favorite movies, it's like yeah, a comfort yeah, movie. I love that
3: movie.
2: Love yeah. it.
1: Like you remember watching it when it came out. What And then if you watched it five or 10 years later, God, it's crap. <laughs> but, right you know it's like yeah
2: i mean yeah. when bill paxton goes debris and he says it like so just awkward i love it it's the, it's the best i love that movie it's a, i remember it's watching it when i was little and mm-hmm.
3: yeah so uh. like
2: yeah i wanted to be a meteor like i wasn't i i remember watching the weather channel a lot like jim cantori was in my house all the time right. you know on the weather channel mm-hmm. and I, I i remember having an actual like kit like a, a meteorologist kit or whatever cool. to like, you know, measure the wind speed and all this crazy right stuff. I on. kind of fell out of it. Yeah. Like it was like the, probably one of the nerdiest things that I've ever done, which no, is saying even, a lot. Even
0: back at such an impressionable young age, you're, you're into it. Like you you get in the gear. You're like, I'm equipped, I'm ready. I'm doing this. Like you take mm-hmm. it seriously. And yet, you know, like it's it's just for the best reasons. I think that's wonderful. That's <laughs> really, really cool. More people should do that. Just a little anecdote yeah. for that. My uh, my uh, my oldest daughter. She's a, a junior, uh, juvenile diabetes. She was diagnosed uh, a couple of years ago, and so a big life change. You know, uh, injecting insulin and stuff, and measuring food and all this kind of crap. Poor thing has to deal with that for the rest of her life. But as soon as that happened, and she got over the hump of the mental, like, okay, this is this is now my new life. She started mm-hmm. to say, I think I want to be a medical scientist. I think I want to figure out how to fucking cure this shit. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's a new thing. I I hate it. It sucks. I'm dealing with it. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to take care of it. Whether that ever happens or not, that's not even the point. It's just, it's interesting. That's why I wanted to talk to you about that budding interest because everything that we are interested in or consider as a possible path, it evolves into what we end up being. Even it has nothing to do with that path. It's still part of us and it's still there. So we'll talk about that again afterwards, if uh, if it's cool, and if it, if we get there, unless we end up talking about your gear, which is going to be a three-hour conversation on its own. Oh,
2: always, yeah.
0: Yikes! I am going to save that I'm one for still, the end. Okay.
1: I'm
0: still <laughs> blown away by your passion for the
1: blues, and you've only been into it for the last two, two, three years. That's it's, awesome. That's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, amazing. Fucking, much well, yeah,
2: it. I mean, it's it's weird how like the the interest that I had when I was a kid, they're still there, but they kind of became something else. Um, like my interest in meteorology and, and weather phenomena, like I, I ended up doing um a real short, like six page comic that was kind of personifying it was like like world building and personifying certain uh phenomena of the weather. Mm-hmm. Um so like it be it might it mixed with my love for fantasy and, and folk and legends and, you know, kind of creating my own thing and, and visual media. So it just kind of evolved over time and became something else. So it never went away. Like yeah. I would love to storm chase right now. And then, and, and, and do that kind of thing. And, um, I'll be watching the hurricane that's in uh, New Orleans. <laughs> yeah uh, yeah,
3: I'll
2: be watching that. See how that goes down. It's, no it's just, it's fascinating to me. I love that. I love things that are bigger than myself. I try to focus on, um, it just, it, it's a good way to clear my head of all this stuff that's happening on the ground level. You know, I
0: think that's very important. But Yeah. It's just cool. over time. Yeah. Yeah. We are going to talk about signs of a storm brewing closer to the end of the show, because I want people to know about that and where they can find it um, and how it ties into this uh, sort of bookmark bookend uh, of the story that we're going to tell about right. you, that you're going to tell about yourself. But that whole idea of taking the 10,000 foot view or the 10 million foot view uh, it's so important when I'm having a bad day or shit that, you know, shit's going really bad. And it's just like, okay, you know what? It's not about me. It has nothing to do with this, like the tiny moment, this sliver of time. It's like everything else that's happened right. before me and everything that's to come. I sort of get some peace from that. And I think, you know, it's, it's hard to figure out how to think that way until you've gone through some crap. So that's uh, that's just a sign of the fact that, I think your brain is wired in a, in a very interesting way that you go so deep <laughs> dive into learning about how you know, the origins of of uh, your craft and what you're interested at the time, I think is very enviable. More people could benefit from that kind of inspiration. Definitely. Right? Definitely. You know? So important. So important. Now, let me just move on to something else here. We're, Enzo had alluded to what came first, the chicken or the egg. Was it the guitar or the illustration? So that's a really <laughs> cool backstory about how the guitar and your dad's influence and music was there. And it sort of led you down a path. But then, of course, there's this whole idea of illustration and how that became a focus for you before you met uh edgardo um i just Mm -hmm. i figured that there's some beginnings like when you know um, i tell my kids all the time so you want to learn how to skateboard you got to suck for a little while and you got to fall down and make mistakes (laughs) so when did you suck at illustration how did that start because what you're doing now is beautiful i love the craft i love thank you the personality that you put in I think it's. I would go so far as to say Im- immediately recognizable as Sabrina's work, right? It's got a very specific feel to it, and it's so cool. But that had to develop from somewhere. So tell us about the uh, earnest beginnings of your illustration career.
2: It's it's honestly really cool to hear that that you know because that's something that all artists want. They want that signature style that people can recognize as their own. And I've been yeah. trying to find that for so long. I've been drawing since I was like, I don't probably around the time that I started playing guitar, maybe a little bit after, maybe 12 years old. So, and all my stuff looked like everybody else, you know, I was, I was drawing all the anime characters, just trying to copy and, and, and recreate what I saw, but I wasn't drawing anything that was specifically my own. That takes years to develop, you know, um, you spend a lot of time copying other people. Like it is, that's how it is. Even with music, you're doing covers, you're learning how they did it by copying, you know, it is what it is. You never claim it as your own, but you, that's how you learn is by copying and same thing with art. Um, so it, it took me a while to get to this point where I could, you know, create something that I'm like, okay, this feels more like me. I'm, I don't feel like I'm copying anyone else's style or specifically, I will draw influences from other people. Like um, a lot of the blues prints that I do now, is um i use a lot of screen tones so it's like that old school comic book if you ever looked close and see in the shading there's a lot of dots yeah you know i will use that in all if you look close at any of my artwork you'll see dots on everything because i love using screen tones it's like from and then i'll use shading from uh old 1940s pulp art comics um i really like that uh vintage illustrated kind of posters like um i'm trying to get into this might be a little bit more involved uh an art style that's more like uh like the old vintage star wars posters right, very yeah. illustrated painted mm-hmm. or indiana jones you know those he,
1: I drew love those uh, what's kinds his name drew drew what's his name uh, drew drew uh, uh drew
2: something with an s uh yes
1: that's who you're talking about right his style. yeah i follow him on yeah. twitter
2: he's uh, crazy good
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's amazing definitely uh, struzen, yeah. struzen. Stru, stru- Sturisen, yes. Sturisen, something like that.
2: Yes, okay, that's yeah. the guy. I'm yeah. counting on you guys. Yeah, right? I love I his work. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: he's he's amazing. And yeah, yeah but, he, it, it, but his style just—it's wor- like John Lu- John Williams. George Lucas got the perfect guy to do Star Wars. He just mm-hmm. captures that, you yeah. know. And even indie, you're right. Even Indiana Jones, he just—he has a way of like, yep. You, you know, the posters always grab your attention, and and,
0: <laughs> and they make you feel. Like- They give you an actual emotional response, which is so amazing, right? right? It's like, ah, whether it's comforting or uncomfortable, you know, like that branch in between.
2: (laughs) Right. And they're just beautifully illustrated. You can feel like the grandeur of Star Wars just by looking at the posters and and the way that he captures the likenesses of Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher. Like, it's just so on point, like for him to because the whole thing. That's that's important for artists, I think, is that we see things as they are, especially like still life, and we try to recreate them on paper or on digital canvas. It's really how well you see things, you know, and with me, a lot of my blues posters are practice for me because I'm trying to get better at likenesses. So I want to make sure that if I'm drawing Lightning Hopkins, it looks like Lightning Hopkins. Yeah. So, and it that takes a while to epic, really study that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the one behind so me. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was yeah. right away when we started. I was like, fuck the itinerary. I want to know. I want to know about them all." I said, I'll "Shut <laughs> right, up. We'll right. do
0: it later at the end." Like,
1: yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. Yeah, yeah. you have
0: yeah. you have a, you have a definitive that, that's style. That's cool that because own,
1: uh, you know, like I like Frank Franzetta, the Death Dealer. Yeah, the Death Dealer, that style, which is like goth, uh, it, it's, you know, he's, he, it's like taken out of Lord of the Rings or, you know, that kind of style,
0: which it's is the Mordor side, like the dark yeah, side, know. blood but, dripping axes, kind of like, but which is I, I very, very that. common, right? I mean, I mean yeah. you
1: know, there's so much expression in, in art today where it's like, you know, okay, it's not just Picasso and, and you know, whatever, those guys, but yeah. You know, like like Drew, his thing is he makes his characters look heroic. Even though they're their heroes, they look heroic, you know? Right. There's, they pop. There's something to it, you know? And that, too, is a lost art. So I, I totally
0: agree. It's very <laughs> lost. And it's so much so, like, I mean, if you go back, you know, a few decades and you say, okay, well, what was really hard to do was exact lines, you know, and exact, like, <laughs> you know, perfect circles. And now it's the opposite. Like, it's almost cool to say, not it's almost, it is <laughs> recognizable to have things that are not geometrically perfect, you know? Yeah, and to have that sort of right. awkwardness and that that weird shape and that oh it's, oh, it's so retro. Well, no, that's where art comes from. Man. it's it's not supposed to be perfect, right? It's,
1: it's art and music, man. It's they they go hand in hand. It's, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but to to talk more about what you're what you're doing, your recognizable style. And the reason I say that it's not to blow smoke. Is oh, you know, we think you're so great. It's it, we come by naturally because. That there's this absolutely unique thing that happens when you're at the point where you're talking about, you're saying it happens to all artists, you have to mimic others to get to that point of understanding your own uniqueness and say, ah, here's my twist. If I ever see another picture just randomly surfing the net of anyone in armor or in a dark forest and there's a floating guitar or it's Luke Skywalker <laughs> hovering with Gibsons above him and Yoda on his foot, that's, <laughs> nobody else has ever done that. And I'm just so glad to be able to recognize it as Sabrina's art. Like, I just know right away, like, ah, oh, yeah, so that's, that's another way. What'd she do today? Like, I'll, I won't even have to go and look at the name of the profile. And it goes further than that. It's the, the those, the way that the lines, I don't know how else this, I, I'm a DD and d junkie. I used to play around 130 years ago. I have the old mm-hmm. books, you know, like the original monster manual that I colored in and ruined, you know, like completely. Yeah. But there's an art style. Each of the different monsters is portrayed by a different illustrator. At the time of Gary Gygax and all that stuff. And you recognize the this guy drew those monsters. This guy drew these ones. It yeah, be everybody the same has their yeah fucking scene, but it's completely different styles. And I get that from you right away. I don't know if it's uh if it's if it's something that's evolving or changing, but I find it instantly recognizable, I can tell you from looking at it. And I I can't wait to see more. That's the whole point. That's why we wanted you on the show so we could talk more <laughs> about it.
2: I I really appreciate that because I've been trying to find a way to marry my illustration with my music and all my other interests. So I feel like that Luke Skywalker one is a, is a really good example Um, because it's, it's, it's my, it's my artistry. It's my love for fantasy and, and the hero monomyth with music because those guitars, those two guitars that I featured in, in that illustration, those are like, those are my go-tos right now. I have a Recording King parlor and I have a Mavis, uh, mule. So those, I was like, if I was going to draw anything with Luke as he's training on Dagobah, it's going to be my favorite guitars, you know? So it's, it's, it's really just expressing my interests and other people seem to like it too. So I'm like, okay, I got it. You know? So it's, it's, it's really, um, it's really trying to just express everything I love. Um, but put it all together in a way that's cohesive, which is, kind of how I came up with the whole Stardays Trail thing. It's kind of my version of the Twilight Zone, you know, where it's a, a place where any of my imaginings can occur. Um, it's not really sci-fi. It's more fantasy than Rod Serling's creations. But um, yeah, it's it's something I wanted to create that was uniquely my own and something that could be tied to me instead of, you know, just my name or just being a part of certain projects. I kind of wanted to create something that's, Uh, my own thing, um, my own place for my artwork and my music. And um, yeah, that's, it's really, it's really something that I kind of decided on doing now with everything that's going on. I'm like, I have all this time, it's time to create. Um, How can I, how can I finally say what I want to say um, in a world that's so saturated with art and music and everybody's, you know, vying for attention, but I kind of want to do something, something different that felt, unique to me but i'm not trying to be like this you know this huge general artist i kind of wanted to have like my own niche my own little corner Mm -hmm. of the universe and that's it and you guys found me in it just stumbling around
0: (laughs) it's a cool universe that's the best way (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. there's an audience out there for everybody even for freaking 50 year old uh Hack musicians from Montreal. We we know that there's audience out there that are going to appreciate what we're doing, and <clears> I feel what you're saying like 100. percent. There's definitely people that are going to stumble on that and say, "Where the fuck have you been my whole life? This is so inspiring!" You know, like maybe they want to start drawing because of that, or playing blues because of that, and it's like, wow, right. thank you, Sabrina. You know, now, that's what our show definitely. is all about—just to have those stories in so much as like even a few more eyeballs on it a few more ears on it that's great that's what we're all about we just want to make sure people get the message there's some cool stuff out there and it's not on the fucking radio so let's talk a little bit yeah. about, I was going to talk about asking you to give us the one-on-one on anime. Cause I mean, my daughter, she plays, you know, against an impact and like, she's telling me about all these characters. And I have no idea. And like, I just, I feel like a total hack. What's the matter? You never oh, watched Gordarac growing up? <laughs> I mean, no, what but,
1: was the no, other one? Uh, it, and, uh, uh, it Naruto or one uh, whatever. The, oh, okay. This is, this is obscure 70s oh, and 80s Lord. cartoons. It was, it was, uh, it was anime and it was dubbed. You know, oh yeah. It's cartoons. Right, yeah, so yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Right,
0: right. Yeah. It was not, never done, intended for, uh, for English speaking audiences. Yeah, I think, just, I don't
1: know, maybe, but yeah, it was yeah. cool. We grew up with this stuff. It was hilarious.
0: Yeah. No, I do remember yeah. watching. I don't recall any of it. And never, it, yeah. it, it didn't uh, attract me enough to sort of pursue it as a, like a, as a passion. Right. So it's interesting that you started with this or it was part of your creation mm-hmm. story Uh, And that you not evolved out of it, but it just, it was a stepping stone, right? To be able to get to this cool universe that you've created now. So, all right, give us the highlights then of your anime um, foray. Like the first shows, I suppose, that piqued your interest and and got you on the right path.
2: Well, oh man, Uh, let's see. So I'm not really into like any of the newer stuff right now. Um, Like just like My Hero Academia and Attack on Titan, things like that. The... uh, the first anime that I, I was into was Dragon Ball, like, which was big. Oh, and yeah. uh, I think that started in, in the 1980s in Japan, mm, but yeah, it was, I know, yeah. and then I it came here in that. the 90s. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. It's really, it's, it's one of the like, OG, like yeah. old animes and that's, it's still going. Like there's a new show, a new series, like every right. couple of years. Right. That was a big one for me. Like I was obsessed. I had action figures, everything. And it was, you know, <laughs> cool. obviously you know, it's not geared towards girls. It's geared towards boys. But I don't give a shit. It was Never fun. Clear. I was having a great time. I was playing the video games with my cousins. We were, you know, pretending, you know, our hair could turn gold and we can, like, <laughs> destroy <laughs> planets and
3: stuff like that. <laughs> Love it.
2: Um, so that that was a big that was a big one for me. Um, and that's they had a lot of um, uh, the, re- the reruns in the late '90s, early 2000s, which is when I caught on to it. Right. And then, and then. Um, On the opposite side of the spectrum, because that's a shonen anime, the Jojo anime, which is more for girls, I was really big into sailor moon like that was another one that i was I just obsessed wow, with
0: that's great okay thank you the wow i know yeah, that. They're, they're
2: classic <laughs> ones so you should know them you know they're the big the big ones that people usually think of first so well, on I one know how hand how old I sailor moon is but
0: i was i remember watching on netflix oh, with girls old. when they were younger so i mean maybe it's a recent iteration it's, that i'm aware of but, yeah, it's, but it's, I, it's I know it's been on for a long time so that's cool right on I'm just proud yeah, that I know a fucking show. A <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, but it's crazy because I, I was into this this one anime that was heavily boy-centric and then this other one that's really girly. And, like, I was just having a good time. There were fun stories that, that's you know, it just counts. sparked my imagination. <laughs> yeah, and I was those were the characters that I was drawing. And then later on in the early 2000s, I was getting into Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> and Inuyasha. Right. I had all the Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and I think I still have them in my drawer. I'm not giving them up. No way.
0: <laughs> no, um, no, no. But no, yeah, no. like all,
2: all these classic ones. No, I'm keeping them. They're staying yeah. with me. Um,
0: if it's not already yeah, worth are, money, it's gonna be worth money, right? That's collector stuff, man. How, That's a huge uh, business. How excited
1: are you for uh, Visions?
2: Very. Oh my god. I did
3: you
1: ha- like the
2: trailer? Okay. I love the trailer. When I saw him unleash the lightsaber like a katana, I was like, like, what?
1: What the fuck? (laughs) I'm like so I'm so hoping because you know, that's he does draw George did draw from you know samurai movies. We all know that, you know.
2: I mean, look how the Jedi are dressed, you know.
1: But but I always contend that they look like samurai, but the code is Templar. If you that's true templars, i can see
3: that yeah it's, it's more
1: templar and that's Jerry's interesting yeah
0: up. yeah very they're, cool. they're, if
1: you know that's, anything yeah, about cool. the templars it's very okay wait, we're going off track sorry no
0: it's, but that's uh, it's, it's really oh. not i mean it all ties <laughs> um, in it's no, not, because not I don't off know track he at all. do you know what visions is star wars I, visions i i do and I, okay. i'm getting the reference with the templar versus the samurai no I, I, no the star wars visions
1: is going to be a new when is it january is it this year or is it next year
0: no, that's yeah, I don't remember. I think
2: it's this year. This year,
1: right? Yeah. I want to say year. it was
2: this year. So it's anime meets Star Wars, and it's right. beautiful. The animation yeah. is incredible, it's stunning. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why this wasn't a thing earlier. Like, I think everything <laughs> should be anime, if you ask me, but that's just yeah. me. <laughs> it's just beautiful artwork. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's, like it's, the uh,
1: story wise, I don't know if they're gonna do it as like Marvel's what if. I think that's sort of where they're going.
2: Yeah. I don't know where in the Not chronology sure. it happens. Yeah. I don't know where in the story it goes down. I don't really care. I just want to see it. Like, it's beautiful. I just want to see, yeah, you know? You, you
1: want to see I that ba- the, see the, the battle of Naboo, those three in anime. That's what yes. I want to see.
0: Right.
2: <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, what, what what they're doing in the East with 2D animation, because I know everything over here is is CG. Like, Disney yeah. is dead set on CG, Pixar CG, DreamWorks CG. So I love that in... In Asia, they're still holding on to that beautiful 2D animation. Yeah. Not that it's better or worse than the other, but it's, it's just, just a different.
1: Form. I want, yeah. I don't
2: want it to die. Yeah, I don't want it to yeah. die and be lost. Yeah. Do you? Do you? It's Paul,
1: I'm sorry, we're, we're we're taking this over. Did you know. see? Oh, uh, this is
0: awesome, man! I love this.
1: You, you know Dave Filoni, obviously. You see his little illustrations that he does. Did mm-hmm. you see the one that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. See, and he started <laughs> as an as an illustrator, which, like he said, this doesn't right. exist anymore, but. You know, the the worth of, like, he conveys so much in that little fucking drawing that he does. You
2: know? I mean, during the Olympics, did you see the commercial that Taco Bell has? They had, like, an anime. Did you see that? No. Taco Bell is no. an anime. Fuck. Yeah. We have to like, find that, Paul. It was Seriously? It was yeah it was like called nacho something and it was like is this real because it was stunningly animated I'm like is this wow. a real anime it, you have to look it up it's crazy yeah, we'll like find I want to watch yeah, that we'll, we'll flash she's it here like, these at the risk of getting a copyright spices. strike it's
0: worth it yeah. <laughs> that's so cool I think I, mean, I learned just more about she's... Enzo in these interviews than anything else man it's like all of these interesting underlying <laughs> freaking like what how did he oh man Yeah. Enzo's got layers he is an onion <laughs> a big Italian <laughs> onion <laughs> I knew something
1: smelled rotten in here, but anyway,
0: it's cleansing stuff, man. It's very cleansing stuff, indeed. indeed. He's just
2: here for all the forms of storytelling that exists in the universe, and so am I. So
0: that's awesome. You know, there's a
2: lot of different ways you can tell a story. You got it. So, I mean, I'm here for it anime, Star Wars, live action, Star Wars. I don't care, just give me a good story. And, and the, we f- the branches of these franchises battle. are I, I going, yeah,
0: lightsaber battles, I think everyone is in love with, but that's a great gateway for so many different versions of that franchise. And it's great that it's gotten into that mm-hmm. point where, you know, like it's allowed to go in those different directions. And there's, there's all these universes deserve that. It, you kind of, there's how many shows have been canceled, you know, that you would oh man, I just wish we could explore more of that and find out where those characters developed. And then they just stop because right. whatever, the, the the networks didn't want to pursue it or it just wasn't a budget for it's it. all or, about money. They didn't have 10 billion views. It was 9 billion. Oh, sorry. It's, you're done. So like this whole idea of the keeping the 2D, the old school, you know, uh, art and, uh, of, of crafting that anime from it, where it really came from. I think that's beautiful. And there's always going right. to be people that do it. And it, it doesn't require a freaking, you know, recording label or a t- television no. network to do. Anyone can just do it. So I think it's great for the, for right. the community at large to, to be able to still, uh, in, you know, enjoy that version of it. Now, I, I, I know back we're going to back well, on no, track because we didn't even get to <laughs> things that are, I know we're going to talk about for four days. So in, at the risk of keeping you here until Tuesday, the kids got to go back to school at some point. So I, I don't I don't want to <laughs> keep you too long, um, but we're having a lot of fun. Let's just say. <laughs> right. I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you about sure. meeting Edgardo. Okay. And because I know that that's Mm -hmm. sort of like a turning point, it's a milestone for you and the opportunity that it brought you. So give us a little bit of an intro, how that came about and where it led afterwards.
2: So, like I said earlier, um, I moved back to Connecticut in 2016 and I was still drawing and posting on DeviantArt when I was still on DeviantArt. Um, So, you know, I was just, drawing fan art and posting it seeing if you know it would pick up traction it wasn't really going anywhere because you know the market's so flooded and everybody's drawing fan art and people were drawing way better than me so um there was a hashtag going around on twitter it was called visible women and it was to highlight women in comics and illustration so i was like okay let me tweet about it hi my name is whatever here's my art hashtag visible women and that's how he found me on twitter um, Ooh. cause he was developing an independent comic book called La Borinquena, which is about a Puerto Rican superhero. And he wanted to get a whole team of Puerto Rican artists to draw it. And he was looking for also a Puerto Rican woman to do it too. So he hit me up and he said, do you have any experience with this? And I was like, Nope. He's like, okay, well, I want you to do it. I'll teach you. I'll take you on as my mentor. Wow. And I was like, part of me was like, uh, oh I don't know no!
0: If I'm ready. Oh shit! Oh no! <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Fear of success is kicking in. The yeah. fuck! Oh god!
2: Oh man! Flee! 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 Yeah. <laughs> it
0: was like,
2: yeah, it was like, oh god! Oh man! Oh god! Oh man! It was like yeah. that. So, um, you know, I I didn't want to wait until I was ready because I then you you never know when you're going to be ready. Well, so, so I was so. like, all right, fuck it, let me just do it. Let me just do it. Good um, for you. He, awesome. He's like, yeah, he just let me, he let me know. He's like, I, I know that you don't have experience with this, but you know, uh, I feel like this is a, it's a good feeling that I have about you. So we're going to do it. I was like, all right. So the first thing he had me do was come on, um, as a penciler. So he gave me the thumbnails for, uh, a couple of pages and I was penciling over, uh, thumbnails drawn by Emilia Lopez. Okay. So in a way it was, it was learning on the job essentially. Right on. So I was penciling the short story that came before the first issue for the Smithsonian. And it it was it was a real it was an interesting experience. because I never knew the actual relay race that is comic book making. Mm. You know, you have a penciler, an inker, a colorist, a letterer, like we are handing off the baton to the next person, which is what I learned in this process. So um, also learning, you know, the technical stuff, how to format files, scanning all this (laughs) stuff
1: like that. I didn't didn't know anything about that. You just unlock memory a memory. In. Have you ever seen the movie <laughs> Chasing Amy from Kevin Smith?
2: No, I've
1: no, heard okay. of it though. Yeah, so so not to drag it on too long, the the main characters are are comic book, right, you know, and one is a penciler. So at a mm-hmm. comic con, the guy goes, "Yeah, you know, I did." He goes, "You're just a fucking tracer."
0: <laughs> like, insulting. all you do is
1: fucking trace and they're fighting each other. You know? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, wow! It's cool, it's a cool movie. Just check it out. It's, it's uh, you know, knowing Kevin Smith, if you know Kevin Smith, it's hilarious, right? Right? It's just like, <laughs> gonna, no, I've, I've heard that assume, too. I mean, people assume that I've, it's, I've, it's one guy doing everything. No, no, no,
2: it's, so many different
0: resources into that same, same, I mean, it
2: can be. It can be well, a single person if they're, you know, do a creator own thing. It, it's, right. You know, I've I've done that where I've inked and drawn and, and done the whole thing. It just, right. it's a, it takes a longer time with just one person. And it is a real, it's a daunting task to do. Um, so, you know, I did, uh, as time went on with La Kenya from there, I, I did a lot of inking work. And a lot of people think that that's just tracing. And I'm like, no, no it's not. It's you have not. to make sure your job is, <laughs> No, it's not. As an inker, you have to make sure that the lines are readable for the colorist. So the colorist knows what object is what, what to color what, that it's clear and it's clean. You have to make sure your line weights are diverse so that not the image doesn't look flat, you know. Yeah. So things that are in the foreground are going to have a thicker line. Things in the background are going to have thinner lines. You're going to wow. have shading. It's, it's, it's incredible. A whole, it's a whole process. For granted,
1: man, a comic book, I, mm-hmm. no, nah, man, right. the work that goes into that.
0: Yeah. It's ridiculously complex like
2: my my back pain would say otherwise you know like it's <laughs> <Exactly>. not <work. laughs> I'm hunched exactly. over this iPad no, oh I,
0: my god I've been stood up for fucking three days like oh and yeah. you hear the cracking wow. it's like ridiculous oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> way too much like it's it's really it really is like your your whole body is is getting involved in this one task because I find myself getting really tense especially if I'm if I'm uh, struggling with a particular piece. Um, what I find funny is that when I'm drawing a character, I find myself making the expression that, that they're doing. So cool. if they're like this, I'm drawing like this. <laughs> I don't know if that's a weird artist thing. No, that's fucking inspiration. That's awesome. So
1: yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: so like you, that's how, that's how like <laughs> mentally connective it, yeah. it is when you're drawing some, but like, yeah, like it's. It's really a lot. It's a lot more involved in what people say, whether it's traditional or digital, because that's also a big debate, whether digital art is even art. Oh, it's easy. You're just drawing mm, on a computer. Oh, I'm like, bullshit. Okay, no, you still, take one of these and you draw real quick. Yeah. It well, takes a lot of skill and it's a yeah. lot of years. Like This took me a long time to get to this point where I feel even moderately comfortable creating something, you know, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm still I find that I'm still learning on the job even now. I'm, yeah. I've gotten some commissions for album artwork, and I'm still learning on the job, wow, you know, cool. bouncing ideas off my client and trying to figure out what works best and how to uh, work on composition, all this technical stuff. I'm always learning all the time. It what never a stops. It's, it's, it's very, yeah, it's very involved. And it's, it's, it's really about taking what you see in real life and being able to recreate that, whether it's lighting, shadow, anatomy, things like that. It's how well you can recreate what you see and put it down on paper. It's a lot more involved than just, you know, just drawing on an iPad. Like that's, that's, I feel like is the common misconception. It's a lot.
1: Coming from somebody who can barely draw stick figures. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) All my fucking, you know, but I got to ask a question. Maybe a, 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 a backtrack. Shoot. Were you into comic books also? Did um, that play a, a role in, in becoming an right. illustrator or becoming an artist? or? And if you know? so,
0: which ones were sort of the draw for your inspiration? Because there's so many like, to choose from. Yes, you go crazy with that. that that's yeah. another world.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, um, so I wasn't into American comics. I was very much into Japanese ones. Okay. Like that and that took over my whole space of influence. I was a big manga nerd. I still have all my 72 volumes of Naruto wow. that I'm very proud of. That, that own the whole collection. Right on. Um Yeah. So That's I wasn't awesome. I wasn't into like, you know, the I mean I watched I watched the early Marvel movies, you know, like Sam Raimi, Spider Man and all that stuff. But I wasn't really a Marvel DC kind of kid. It was all the Japanese stuff because that's what was on TV at the time. Mm -hmm. If you go to Toonami or Cartoon Network, it was mostly anime, you know? So I I never really got into American comics. So when I started on Kenya, that's where Edgardo was coming from. He was coming from the American comics side because I think he had uh, written for Marvel and curated some Marvel uh, galleries and things like that. So I wasn't really familiar with it. I'm a little bit better now. Um, with the history of it and stuff, but uh, it was very much Eastern artwork. You know, a lot of like um, Astro Boy and things like that. Um, cool. Akira and, and other animes. Yeah. yeah, so it was really a lot of Eastern stuff. I mean, it's still kind of my bread and butter to this day because it's, if you look at the artwork for uh, American comics, they're very shiny and colorful and bright and everything. But if you still, today you open up a, a manga volume, it's black and white artwork. They're right, still yeah. using this like, this it's almost classic black and white artwork, you know, and it's, it's very rough around the edges and it's not very polished um, compared to the anime, but I don't know. I just, I'm drawn to where that's gritty kind of like straight on very straightforward kind of artwork. So that was always my inspiration for that.
0: I venture to say, well, no, but <laughs> I, I don't, I mean, brash or not, I'm just going to say it. It, it. It's sort of, for me, it seems to tie into what I perceive as, as your current style from a viewer. Like I'm not trying to pretend to know hundred percent where you're, your aspirations for that growth of your creativity. But when I look at your artwork and I feel that sort of that dark, and you mentioned twilight zone and I, I get a better appreciation immediately because we're tapping into some other franchise to sort of borrow a flavor from that. Mm-hmm. But I get that. It's like that it's dark, but not always scary. There's hope, there's mystery. There's like, what the fuck? And then, <laughs> and still like, ah, you're in a, you're in a comfortable place in the dark. You know what I mean? Like that is, a wonderful right. feeling to create. Um, I just wanted to mention that as an analogy that I, cause I watch uh, critical role all the time on YouTube. That's been my pandemic show. I don't watch TV or Netflix or anything. I go to YouTube and I watch my three hour episodes, try and get two in in a night to catch up on two full campaigns of this fucking D&D bunch of crazy voice actors. And they always make a point to show off the fan artwork. And cool. it's a whole segment of the show for like a good 15, 20 minutes, depending on how many artists have submitted stuff. And you see everything it's not stick figures like it's not like you know baby drawings but it's still like there's very new artists and like obviously super fucking accomplished ones and you see them side by side in 5 second you know clips and you get a sense of like oh wow that one this guy's going to be amazing on but this girl's got him beat you know what i mean and like mm. and it's awesome to see the slideshow of everyone trying to portray this this cast of characters that are on the show in their own way and mm-hmm. the, the light the dark the scary the nuts so the funny the goofy the cartoony and it's great to see all the different like um, what it takes to fucking get to the point of being able to truly express yourself and to hear you talk you can always sort of tell where someone is in their creative life by the kind of things that are plaguing them you've covered years of growth as an artist yeah. just the way that you're talking right now like yeah. i'm worried about these little details like Holy fuck, like Enzo i'd be lucky to draw a stick, honestly, man, you know, and it's really enviable it's so cool to see, and yet you know uh, there's more to come it's not it's not yeah. even close to done um so all right that that's a very cool insight into how you and Edgardo sort of that connection and where it led you, so I wanted to ask about one sort of maybe uh, unrelated question here before we get into some of the current stuff. I wanted to know about overcoming mm-hmm. shyness because it occurs to me that. If you'll permit me, that you, you don't seem like a, an extroverted, hey, look at me, you know, like I'm this is, it's like,
1: like most creative and talented people.
0: Well, I don't know. And I, I wanted to, before forcing you need to talk about that, all right, I wanted to tell you a story about my own shyness because I'm a musician and I'm online mm-hmm. and I'm such a social media whore, like posting my fucking stuff all the time. And some, I've been accused of saying, you know, people say, wow, you just, you're just so comfortable, or whatever. Like that is not the case at all. And I remember my first gig and I was probably 17 or 18 years old and I'm in a cover band and I get a booking at this bar and I was so excited. And then I realized, holy fuck, I'm playing a live gig in front of people. And I literally, the the curtain opened and I'm, and I turned around and I <laughs> faced the drummer, the whole fucking show, like the entire show. I was not looking at the damn audience and they're telling me, turn around, man, turn around. I'm like, no, I can't do it. And I'm singing to the drummer because that's what I was used to doing. That was the only thing that made sense to me. It took years to be able to just face, mm-hmm. you know, the audience and then interact with the audience and to do fucking podcasts and all kinds of stuff. It took a long time a long time for me to feel comfortable. And even during pandemic, at the beginning of pandemic, not so long ago, I'm 50 now. So I will say it took me 48 years to be able to feel comfortable in my own skin. That's a long time. And I wish I would have done it sooner. So having prefaced with that, tell us about your own shyness and overcoming that and feeling comfortable being online and showing your face in front of strangers.
2: Well, I'm not comfortable with it. Still not. I don't think I'll ever be <laughs> comfortable with it. Right. Um, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I do. I see some other people on, you know, on Instagram that, you know, they have lives, live shows, live streams all the time. And they seem so at ease at playing and singing in front of the camera, even if it's just by themselves. There's no one around. I find it very difficult for me to do it. It's hard. Like just for me to just talk to a camera, even if there's nobody around, there's no reason for me specifically to be nervous because it's different than playing um, in front of an actual crowd, like in person. Um, I still go with it. It's hard. It's not easy, especially because, you know, you put a lot of yourself in whatever you create. So that's another layer of vulnerability that you have to share with other people. And I think that's, that's the issue so far with me. So every time I drop a piece on Instagram, this is me just putting it on Instagram, go out into the world, go and see, let's see what happens. Yeah. But I'm also like covering my eyes. I'm like, Oh God. No, yeah, no,
1: I, <laughs> I, like, what what I, are
2: people going to say? I'm looking on my phone, you know, it's yeah, hard. I it's it's totally, really hard. Every time I
1: totally understand what you're, what you're, yeah. what you're seeing and what you're going through, because as a guitar player, I've just, I'm, I'm working on a project for the first time on my own and I'm actually trying to sing and I ain't a singer. And it's very hard for me to mm-hmm. like, say, Okay, well, it's gonna go out, but it is what it is. It's my true inner emotions. That's what's being put out there. Don't mm-hmm. judge the performance; judge the the content. You know, kind of deal. So mm-hmm. I know what you're you're. I know the feeling, the the anxiety yeah. of like this is a part of me, and I'm I. You know, like you're 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 bearing your soul. And you don't wanna be you don't want it to be mistaken for whatever. So I understand that. I totally understand that.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a real personal connection. I think that's the difference because you're being so uh personal uh in what you're saying, whether it's what what I've drawn or or what you're playing, uh, whatever, whatever yeah. music. Yeah. So even those like little thirty second reels or clips that I put of, of my playing, like It takes me like, I don't know, 50 takes to get that one 30 second clip, you know, and and the way I portray it seems like, oh, I'm just gig. I'm just practicing. I'm just noodling. No, (laughs) it took me like 50 takes to get something that I don't hate, you know, so it's it's it's. That's the, that's the man behind the curtain, really. It, like it, that's, that's really the hard part.
1: It'll get easier. It. it will get easier. It may never go away, but it will get easier. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. The one thing that is good from is that I've been able to make a lot of these connections with other artists and we get to talk about these things. Cause I'm not the only one that deals with these kind of insecurities, you know? So, and I always get nervous when I'm coming up with something to play for Instagram or, or TikTok or whatever. And I'm like, Oh, is this boring? Does it sound like shit? Am I, you know, is, am I, am I boring because I'm not shredding? I'm just playing little slide lines. Like, like who no. cares? Is it going to sound no. like, you I, know, I, there's I, nobody, I've, you know,
1: no, no. There's a million shredders out there. I grew up with shredders. Yeah. No, what you're doing is, a, is
0: fucking amazing. No. Yeah. And last night on our T-bar stream. I'm um,
2: like, should I, um, we I were like, watching should I some switch to you No.
0: Know, and we just, and this is before the beer kicked into, mm-hmm. this is straight sober saying, Oh, wow. Look at that. <laughs> this is amazing. You know, like, first of all, I mean, the, the ambiance that you're in, it is just like, you know, the low lighting and everything and just immediate comfort. And then to hear that the the tasty tone that you're creating, that you've, you've spent fucking time on that. It's not just like, here we go. I'm going to do a hotel California solo. No, this is a 100% Sabrina moment and we just appreciated it immediately. Now did we post on it? Well, no, because we're doing a live stream, but I'm talking about the lurkers that are out there that, there's let's say a thousand people that will maybe see that, you know, in in the lifetime of that post, how many of them are going to tell you that they were affected by that? How many will actually say, thank you. How many will give you some gratification for that? Probably less than 1%. And I've come to accept that to say like, I know it's affecting people. I know that whatever message we're spouting is getting to people. You can look at the analytics for proof. It doesn't give you the justification that maybe we're hoping for but I take comfort in that. I have, I don't have faith in much. I have faith in strangers and people that I've never met getting something out of the content. And I, I feel so. like it's, it's a shame that we don't yeah, fucking too. share that. I just wish more people would comment on your, your stuff, our okay. stuff and say, this affected me really good. Thank you. Unfortunately, the only fucking assholes we hear from are the trolls and the idiots are like, this sucks because it's not purple. You know? Okay, thanks. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> trolls be dead. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah.
2: But, but did you but did you like the song though? It's like they'll comment on something else. It's like, okay, but did you like the music? Yeah. I don't give a fuck what else you have. Did you like the music? No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But well, like I, it's I, 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 yeah. I mean We're the thing is. Yeah, the thing is <laughs> Yeah, I mean the thing the thing that I kind of want to keep reminding myself because I, you know, I'll pay too much. I'm, I'm one who's guilty of paying too much attention to the numbers and the numbers don't really mean anything. Cause I've, I've seen like content that makes no sense, just blow up. So I don't really get the algorithm at all. Yeah. You know, yeah. I try so, not to well, worry about it because exactly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I'm trying to worry about the audience. Yeah. Like I'm trying to worry about the audience that I, I do have and that, um, that they're always consistent consistently engaging with my content so i create for them and if there it brings more people in that's great um but it, if i don't post anything then i know that's a surefire way that nothing's going to come of it so i might as well just post my shitty 30 second instagram video and see what happens Maybe. see I,
1: i've, yet to, get there. I've so, yet to i've <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> i'm still like Oh fuck! I don't have time for this. I'm not gonna post shit.
0: Fuck well, that's why I'm here, buddy, to fucking yeah. drag you into the down to the it's rabbit it. hole of the fucking social media <laughs> bullshit. Come on, talk about Enzo. Look, look at what he's is, not doing is, yet.
1: <laughs> it is hard to like, you know. You see something like uh, I'll, I'll give an example. One of our our our, uh, our old songs in a video. It's been viewed like 600 times. You know, right. and there's only like two comments. It's like.
0: No, the views mm. are there, and the the, the interactions maybe not. Yeah, but that's yeah. I love that. I, I, I love always
1: the, like I'm 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 a petty piece of shit human being. So i like... <laughs> about like
0: a, you're sorry. so not fuck. Seriously, man. Hey, you're taking me down with you if you fucking call sorry, yourself sorry, names. Because that means sorry. I'm I'm friends with a fucking asshole, which is not true. I know better. You you talk tough. You're a big fucking teddy bear. Don't 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 try and uh, fool Write
1: them. everything down.
0: Don't sell the salesman, man. It, All we right, can salesman. only
2: have like healthy. Let's only have healthy levels of self-deprecation. Okay,
0: you can have a right. little bit, not <laughs> a lot. Real. I love it. I love it. Okay, I'm going to change gears completely, Sabrina. I want to talk about your motivations behind mm-hmm. the creation of the Witches' Grimoire that you released in 2019. Congratulations. Ooh. Belated, by the way. So, tell us about leading up to that. Some of the highlights of the you know the inspirations behind it, or whatever part of the story of that whole. Publication that you want to tell us? What do you want to share about The Witch's Grimoire?
2: I was really, I remember being really excited because it was something that I, it was tangible, I could hold in my hand and it had my name on it. I opened it up, it's got my artwork in it. So it was very surreal. I feel like that's a goal of an artist, or at least for me, to have something that they created right. like materialize and in front of them they can hold. So just that experience was really great. And, you know, I'm still grateful for that. Um, but let's let's uh, but tell people yeah, what that, it
0: actually is. Like, what yeah. is what is that? Uh, what is that? Uh, so, I mean, the publication is is a is a collection, right? So and where awesome. to find it? <laughs> yeah, well, that so too, yeah.
2: So the the witches' grimoire is a collection of thirty-one ink drawings that I did in uh, twenty eighteen. It was part of a, an art challenge. So in the month of October, you draw uh, one ink drawing every day. So you end up with thirty-one ink drawings. Called Inktober. And I decided to uh, make a theme for my Inktober. It was going to be 31 witches. Um, but after a while, I got to witch number 10. And then I was like, you know, I kind of want to turn into like a comic. So the ink drawings went from single character creations to uh, an actual short story within uh, within the challenge. So um, I was approached by Lance Arroyo, who has a print shop in Brooklyn, um, Radix Media. And he asked me, he's like, I love your work. Do you want to make it into a chapbook and put it all together and I can print it? We can co-publish it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I want to do that. I couldn't believe. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, I love your work. I want, I think it would be great to make into a chapbook. And so I finished up the challenge, sent him all the files and he just created this beautiful piece of, of, uh, publication that it was, it was, it was, uh, it was really a dream. Honestly, I kept saying, I was like, this is a dream, like to have my artwork in print that other people can, you know, uh, can get It's It's um, if you want to purchase a copy, it's a, uh, if it's in my shop right now, um, stardacetrail.com. Uh, if you want to go to my website, there's a shop link there. Yeah,
0: and we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll do all those at the we'll end. We'll take care of the URL. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: yeah. But, but yeah, that's, that's where, where you is. can get okay. it.
2: Like, um, it's, that's where it is. And, and it's, it's really, I flip through it every now and then for inspiration. Um, you know, it was, it was October. So I was feeling kind of spooky. I'm like, Oh, what can I draw? So I chose witches. You know, I feel like it's my vibe. My name is Sabrina. Like it just worked, you know, <laughs> so uh, it just worked. So yeah. And, and it was fun to um, create these characters. Cause I love creating like hero type characters that each, you know, can have their own backstory and based on what they're wearing and how they look. So I was really creating like protagonists for this coven, different witches that had different skills and stuff like that. I love creating characters like that, very fantastical ones that have like these, you know, larger than life kind of um, powers and, and abilities. And it was really fun to kind of... Um, you know, look up all the reference for it. Like, oh, what kind of witch can I draw today? I'm going to draw one that specializes in potions. So okay. I'm on Pinterest looking at a bunch of these, like, you know, Renaissance looking apothecaries and, and poultices. Right and it's it's really fun to um, kind of stretch your creative muscles, which is what I did with the Witch's Grimoire. It was really It was an exercise that became this this thing that, you know, I'm very proud of and it's got my name on it. And um, Edgardo actually did the foreword for it. Um, And and India illustrates, yeah, he's talking about how he uh, discovered my artwork and and how it led to the witch's grimoire. So it's um, uh, one of my favorite accomplishments as an artist.
0: As it should be. It's such a wonderful piece. And I'm so glad that it came to fruition and with the support of Mentor, uh, as well as the support of a growing community it's just uh, it's important to have that sort of repertoire i mean you can go on social media all you want and say yeah yeah you know look at me look at me listen to me whatever and it, it, it the reality is well, at some point you need a a product or service it's not to be petty it's not to say that well, you have to be able to sell something but it's it's sort of an opportunity to share whether it's physical or virtual something that you've created and it's like boom and it's let go and it's out there. And when you have that moment of like, this is my first product, mm-hmm. you can sort of move on and say, well, what is my going to be my next project? You right. know, And yeah. it really drives the creativity. So it's a wonderful initiative, and it happens so earnestly, right? I mean, uh, Inktober. Okay, yeah, I think I'll do a witch. And it look it look what it led to. I just I'm, I'm so That's happy so for cool. you. I think it's a wonderful right. thing. So, cool. so we're going to lead into sort of. Uh, the mindset of pandemic and the current projects and all that. But before we get there, I wanted to lead into it by asking you about discovering your true artistic self. Cause I think this is during the Austin interview. I think you had mentioned something about, uh, you know, you're kind of not concerned, but just like you were wondering what people might think when they go to your Instagram feed and they see a bunch of, you know, small clips of you playing guitar and then interspersed with artwork and all of that. And I, maybe the interview is old enough that you're not thinking that way anymore, but I just wanted to put my personal spin, my I guess a reaction to that mm-hmm. sort of comment to say, I love it. And it's important to know that, you know um there's a reason for that i think the the, the diversity and the 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 uniqueness of a feed is the kind of thing that appeals to me and i think enzo as well we're always thinking about what's going to be the checklist that makes us want to invite someone to the show not cookie cutter not the same not like Mm -hmm. everybody else and that's your feed that's exactly what it is like there's you know, star Wars references. There's freaking amazing blues music. There's all kinds of incredible artwork. Like, yeah, we are immediately like we're in. Okay. Let's find out what's, what's this about? How can we fucking get in touch to invite you to the show? So that's Chicken my own soup. personal response, right? Chicken, Chicken soup. soup for the soul. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. So. Yeah. How, I, I how I remember did talking you become that embracing that creative, that creative diversity? Did that, has it, has it sunk in or is it still a work in progress? <laughs>
2: I kind of stopped really worrying about it too much since then, um, because now I've now I've thrown in occasional, you know, lightsaber flourishes. So I, at this point, clearly, if I didn't care before, I don't care now. You know, <laughs> so in addition to the art and the music, now you get me flourishing a lightsaber. You know, I might get a Klingon batlift next and start flinging that around because I'm a Star Trek fan too. Fucking so right. um, I love both. I love both. Bah! So. <laughs> Live oh, long man. and prosper, my friend. There you <laughs> go. Man. Right on.
0: Well, there was that element too. And I've made the mistake oh, before of referring Star Trek instead of Star Wars, and sometimes it insults people. And I was like, I don't want to do that, but it's good that you're on both sides of that fence. It's a good I thing. don't
1: understand, understand thing. how honestly I don't understand how someone cannot like both. I know.
0: I know. Fucking usable yeah. human being. Anyway. Or the next generation versus original series. Who cares? Like whatever. It's all just a message of hope and fucking cool. It's science whatever. fiction. Anyway, I love it. But it's
2: yeah, I mean my I mean, they're both they're both like, you know, your sci-fi stories, but they both set, you know, the benchmark, you know.
1: So they're both They're both incredible. You know, you know, one is no, one's I mean, fantasy, you know. Yes, it's it's right. like two different right. worlds, so
2: One's a space western and <laughs> and you know, the other one's your true blue sci-fi kind of there stuff, you know. so exactly. it's
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I mean I I recently was getting into Star Wars. Like I was I was like more of a casual kind of fan, but um like I said, the pandemic brought out a bunch of, you know, interests that I didn't know that I had. So I, I only started getting into lightsabers and the lore of Star Wars. And I'm, I just finished rewatching The Clone Wars so that I know, you know, what the heck's going on. Because I want to start The Mandalorian soon because I haven't watched it yet.
1: Be, be so honest. It, this is all very be honest. new. Okay, let's be honest. I'll be honest. I'll out myself. Did you cry when Ahsoka left the order?
2: Of course. I mean, I have a heart and soul. I mean, that isn't was that like
1: one of that is like one of the most devastating? Oh, this is, this is a cartoon, Paul, but it's one of the most devastating scenes. Right. Mm-hmm. To me. It was like
2: I—I I mean, I was behind her 100 in her decision yeah. too. I was like, yeah. I was like, fuck the Jedi Council. They didn't believe you.
1: <laughs> I
3: was like, fuck,
2: you know, you should leave. I was like, Yoda, Yoda, and Mace, you guys are terrible people. You didn't. After uh... every battle she's fought. After all the stuff she went through, you really going to think she would commit murder so, like that? Like it didn't make sense to me.
1: So I was like, laugh? "Good for you, Leeds." I'm I'm watching this with my 12 year old, and I'm trying to hide myself that I'm fucking crying. He's like, Oh, are you crying? <laughs> no, I'm crying. You're I crying. got something in my eye. <laughs> Fuck off."
0: And spicy. I mean, pepperoni. yeah,
2: and and the end of season seven that got me oh, too. That her standing awesome. there with all the clone helmets that yeah. was pretty. Yeah, yeah, it was that, incredible! Incredible! Another example um, of great storytelling, right there.
1: Yeah, yeah. and obviously, the, mm-hmm. the I actually even felt some pity for Maul when Obi Wan finally off them. <laughs> it's like,
0: <laughs> you know, like, yeah, wow, only okay. a little bit though. Well, I, I'm I'm you uh, a year afterwards, bro. I have a lot of catching up to do. Enzo's referred to Mandalorian many times. Did you watch oh, this? Like, not yet, not yet. I didn't even watch Picard. You guys yet. you know, watch like uh, it. there's so Picard much to catch up on that I know is amazing, but it's just because I ran out of fucking Netflix stuff. I canceled the account. I'm like, I don't want to watch that shit anymore. I got no interest in watching really just crappy productions for the sake of throwing productions out there. I want to watch stuff that I love. And that's when I got into critical role and the three hour episodes and like 250 of them. I had some stuff, you know, some stuff to catch up on and I love the story. It's been enthralling for me, but now I'm just sort of bookmarking. Like, so I got to watch this. I got to watch this and the star Wars universe I'm still like the original six movies. You're like that's my sort of brain mm-hmm. frame of mine for that. So I have a lot, a lot to catch up on and I can't yeah. wait. I can't wait. I got the lightsaber and I got uh, new friends that are freaking drawing me to that world back again. So it's going to be fun when yeah, I, get well, it. yeah, I mean,
2: that's, that's really like part of my interest that, in, you know, Star Wars and Star Trek and, and, you know, I'm, I, I was thinking about making like a separate Instagram for those kinds of things. And I'm like, it eh, seems like way oh, too much work. Let me just drop everything it. here. The don't people who it. like it will come. If they don't, they'll, they'll move on. I don't really care. You know, once you get, I'm just, I'm just trying to enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Once you get you. the battle, lift, try playing slide with it. Yeah. Ooh, fucking oh my Slide left.
0: What? that's freaking slide amazing. left come oh, on i can't wait to see that <laughs> it's gonna be so that weird. would be sick right that would be I've
2: so sick it. the klingons are my favorite
0: you gotta do the ridged forehead stuff you know you no one can see your face and then the camera slowly pans up and you got these teeth <laughs> sticking out in oh the fucking ridge forehead <laughs> you know oh, like, that sounds really twice, sick even actually. on klingon <laughs> That's fucking great. Today's
2: a good day to die. Hell
0: yeah. <laughs> Death by Yeah. I, by mean, slide you know,
2: <laughs> I mean, I got the, I got the, uh, I mean, I got the forehead real estate for some ridges. So I think we're good. I, I would definitely <laughs> I mean, make that happen.
0: Uh, I, was looking I can
1: make for it one work. of my one of my props because i've done it with my 12 string i've raked my sword across <laughs> the 12 string
0: right? <laughs> The enzo's got fucking hard somebody stole it <laughs> it's, it's not here i don't know what the hell it is it's uh <laughs> we have a collection of stuff all all three of us i think we, it would it, be a fun compare Let, let's let's uh, show but, off our freaking weird toys but, uh, I, that, you I, know, can't, like I can't fucking...
1: i can't do the the obi-wan twirl anymore uh, tendonitis and it's like
2: oh uh-huh. Okay.
0: Oh, the Obiani. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, we yeah, leave it, well, it on I'm you, just, I'm Learning all
2: this
0: stuff. We leave it yeah. on you to, to post Oof. that stuff and show us your progress as as yeah. it progresses. We we expect to see the content. We'll be. That's following. one of the things
1: actually to to finish off on this during I think at the beginning no before pandemic you know there's these Jedi academies now where you can actually go learn how to.
2: Yeah.
1: Right. I was like, I want to go. I gotta find somebody to go with. And was yeah. Like, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, oh I I mean it's in. it's it's a lot of fun I've been yeah it's a lot of fun I've been using it for like exercise too just as another yeah. you know yeah. thing to get out because everybody's home you know I kind of want to still you know go out into the sunlight and not be a vampire so I'm like let me just let me do something cool and like lightsabers are always cool I don't care who you ask they're always gonna be a cool thing you know oh. so I'm like let me get some exercise in while I learn this OBi and pretend I'm you know on Mustafar. Trying to save yeah, a galaxy. Fucking you
0: know. right. It's a
2: lot of fun. Yeah,
0: yeah. Definitely. Oh, you know? I love it. I love it. I think it's great. And we're going to be watching for sure. You got two new fans pretty much for life. You're stuck with us. Sorry in advance for that. Um, but listen, uh, in the interest of uh, embarking on not a dangerous question, but one that risks taking us completely off the fucking course of anything known to humankind, tell us about your gear.
2: Ooh. This might take a while. Are you sure?
0: <laughs> I, I, I won't even like insult them by asking. Give us an executive summary. I'm just gonna say, let's maybe if we could start with, well, you you already referenced two uh, two guitars that you felt were important to put into that same powerful image of balancing Yoda mm-hmm. on on his foot. So, do you want to talk about those? Is it possible to uh, find out when you got them, uh, how they came into being in your acquisition? Like, what's what's the what's the story behind those two pieces right there?
2: Yeah, so those two guitars are probably my go-to. So it's my Recording King Dirty Thirties uh, Series Seven Single O Parlor Guitar.
1: That's a um, fucking mouthful and a half. D- which is the, the
2: the black and white one with the <laughs> the Lily of the Valley finish. I know that's a really long like title, but I always like to specify because Recording <laughs> King has so many different models of parlor yeah. guitars, so I have to specify. But yeah, that that black and white one that you've probably seen in my videos. Yeah. Um, that's my go-to like for acoustic and it's got that gold foil pickup. <laughs> which is one of the reasons I I picked it up because I wanted something that was like lightning Hopkins. He, he always used like, I know he played like a Gibson J 45 or J I think it was a J 45 Okay, and it had like a pickup in it, but he, he would always play like his tone was always like this weird fusion of acoustic and electric. And I wanted to see if I can capture that too. So I don't know if he, he rolled back the tone on the pickup and also, mic the acoustic because you get both sounds right. yeah. okay. so yeah. well and it's it's something unique to him that i I would always get so i was trying to find a guitar that fit that for me but i didn't i obviously can't afford a gibson so i, I was looking for you know uh cheaper options because i know the old guys are always playing old stellas you know the the original delta blues guys okay. stellas and harmonies mm-hmm. right so yeah. i wanted let me get like a, a cheap git box so that i can have that sound that tone you know and yep. Recording King makes incredible, like affordable parlors. I saw this one with that pretty finish. And I'm like, that's the one I got to get. You knew it so right that away. that one is probably like immediately. I knew that one. Um, cool. <laughs> and that one, that one feels so like right for me as a player. Like you, you know, you ever play guitar and you're like, this is the shit right here. This feels good in my hands. It sounds good. It just works. I don't know if that's just me, but I feel like no, everybody no. has a guitar no, no. that's for I, I, them. I, 100%. You know.
1: After whatever Mm -hmm. twenty years of playing, and I walked into my local music store, and it was a a showroom of Taylors, and I picked up a Taylor, and I put, I'm
3: like,
1: (gasps) this, 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 okay, put it aside. I'm gonna start selling blood and and whatever I can. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Taylor
2: man, Taylor's another one of my weaknesses. They make incredible guitars. Oh my goodness, Taylor's like just so smooth.
1: I ended up getting two of them. I got the six string, and then eventually I got the twelve string because I just I couldn't. I after years and years of playing twelve string, and was like, "Oh, this is amazing!" I just had to.
0: It's amazing he actually found the loophole to sell his soul twice. He's just like yeah. two different demons. He had no idea one of mm-hmm. the other ones he was like it's something okay. like it's that. Right. Yeah, it's called yeah.
1: creative banking. Oh, right, to yeah. your
0: spouse. Beautiful. Right
1: on. <laughs> oh man. Well, there's we not, there's it, not but, enough you know.
2: oversight. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, no, oh, you're yeah. absolutely right. There's there's a moment where you like, oh, this
0: is it. Yeah, it speaks you know? to you, right? Hundred percent happens all the time. Yeah, and, and I don't go to music and, stores anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and <it> exactly.
2: <laughs> I know that's that's the that's the tough part. You know, that I've been <laughs> trying to avoid like I've been trying to avoid Guitar Center and Reverb because it's it's just not good for me.
1: <laughs> it's too. But easy. like, it is too. It's easy. way too easy. Mm-hmm.
2: so you know as i was moving as i was moving forward with my music then you know i um, came across mule resophonic and i think i found out about them through david and the devil who you know famously plays his his mule uh resonator steel body 10 pound beast of a guitar right on. and i was like what is that <laughs> and you know he's he's been he's become a good friend to me and i've I've done his, um, his album artwork for King of the Swamp. Cool. Um, and yeah, and, and he's, he's been a real great inspiration for me, but through his music, I found out about Mule Rezaphonic. and they were making this new model of guitar called a Mavis, which was a, an acoustic electric, uh, resonator. And wow. it's, uh, it's solid body, really super thin. And I'm like, what is that? That looks weird. And I was right like, on. how does it sound acoustically? Cause it's not like a, a metal body resonator. It's yeah. not hollowed out. It's, it's solid body. I was like, what is that? You know? So I made the decision to, um, to kind of just go for it and get on the wait list for it. And I got it in, uh, in July and it is it's second only to my parlor but it's amazing like i think that last video i posted uh is using that so it's have it mic'd acoustically and um I have the amplifier uh mic'd as well so I can have both sounds with it. Awesome. And it's just it's it's a it's a freak of machines like a blues anomaly like Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really, it's really it's I mean both you put. you know what I mean like it's 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 really something that that is so versatile and you can use it to create such a, a, a unique sound. Yeah.
3: Definitely. It's really it like it's wonderful. Awesome. Like I'm looking at
2: it now lovingly. It's beautiful. I'm just looking at it right there. It's just so nice. I've yet to come up with a a, a name for it, but you know, um, yeah, it's, it's, that's my go-to, uh, next to my parlor guitar. Um, those are my two like big ones. And then, uh, I also have my Republic, uh, parlor, uh, parlor size resonator, which is metal body. It's got a copper finish. I've used that a couple times. That one is a great starter resonator because i know metal body resonators ain't cheap but that one's less than a thousand dollars and it's it's wonderful i love it always tuned to open g yeah like that's that that's another one that i use a lot and then right next to that is my squire uh oh classic vibe that's what it was it was classic vibe um thin line telly and so it's got you know your c-shaped neck and it's not it's not the 70s i think it's the 60s one because it has a smaller headstock which I wish it was the '70s one. Yeah. I love the big yeah, '70s headstock. Yeah, the '70s headstock is cool. I'm,
1: i i I think it, it's much yeah, more. Yeah, it's rare really nice. Now.
2: I wish I, it was that
1: one. It's much more rare, yeah. even from Fender. They don't. Uh, it's it's like only certain models come with the, the '70s headstock. I think. But uh, yeah, you like the-
2: no, I'm, I'm a I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool. nice. It's yeah, but it, it was the classic vibe, thin line telly. That's what I was thinking of. Right that right. one I use a lot for that because I, I got to have a little twang in my repertoire you know, so that one's there,
0: Such a um, but those are my
2: four. Yeah. Those are my four main ones that I use a lot. And then, um, I have my suitcase drum from one yes. man band drum company. They make right suitcase drum kits so and cool. they made me this custom one called the Sparrow. Cause I was like, you know, can we make it like, can I have that bottle opener on the back that looks like Cthulhu? And they were like, yeah, but we can put it on the back. And I'm like, all right. Because uh, I wanted to go with like a Pirates of the Caribbean kind of thing. So right. it's, it's got the black drum head. It's, you know, it's got this, the brown cool. vintage suitcase. So it's called the Sparrow. And, That's cool. so, you know, yeah, it's got the 14 uh, inch <laughs> drum head. It's, it, it's, it's lovely. I love it. It's great for just, you know, stomping on it and just creating a steady heartbeat whenever I'm playing. Um, yeah, that's, those are probably like my go-to, I have them all circled around me here just for inspiration, but that's my main gear setup right now. Such an
0: incredibly unique and and, eclectic um, collection that speaks volumes about your style. I just love it. I think that's a wonderful collection. Amazing.
2: Amazing. Yeah. And, and I forgot to mention, I forgot to mention, um, my dad made like this little, uh, one and a half watt clock amplifier. It's really small. It's like. Yeah. It's got like an eight inch speaker in it. Yeah. And it's, it's like a got, little got pig, pig. Yeah.
0: It's
2: nose. like a little, it's it's, um, it's a clock he got from Goodwill. You know, I was just looking for little um, no cabinets way. that you could put a speaker in and make into an amplifier. So those are his pandemic projects is making cool. little cabinets wow. and speaker cabinets. And then I test them out.
3: Ah, that's so great. I have it right
2: here on my shelf, you know, that I've, Yeah, it's it's really it's a really great little amp. And that's what I've been using in my videos. I mean, I don't I would like sure I would like a Vox, you know, I would love all those, you know, high end Marshall. That'd be great. But you know, the Vox, I have
0: another kidney. (laughs) My favorite gear to acquire when I win the million, I would get a Gibson. No, you need that kidney man. Gibson Five would be one of my first purchases. I would follow up with a uh, what's the bass that I love, Enzo? That is like fucking ridiculously oh, priced.
1: Was uh, it Burns or some? What is it? You call it? It's You're two forgetting. names.
0: It's like uh, Heath and Heath or whatever. Uh, the fuck. Um, yeah,
1: yeah it's I, can't something, I can't
0: remember. Ridiculously oh. expensive bass. It's all like no, dark I'm, maple. I'm, it's got this muffled sound. But yeah, there's. I mean,
1: every every five years or so, I'll say I'll say, okay, I'm done. I don't need anything else. <laughs> yeah. Then. No, no,
2: after that, after the Mavis. The, the heroin really kicks in dying. again.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, right. <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, but but I, no, I, know after, I after
2: I got that,
1: yeah. Yeah, you always say, yeah, we're done. we're done. We're done. We're mm-hmm. done. You know, I had a guild acoustic mm-hmm. for so many years. This is, I, 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 I picked up my guild because I always wanted a Gibson J200. And I played them side by side. And I said, fuck it. It's half the price. Mm-hmm. It's as good as the Gibson. Mm-hmm. So I went with the guild. And I had that for like yeah. 15 years, and then I picked up a Taylor. And the Guild is now firewood or something. I don't know what <laughs> happened to me. But no, I've been, there there is two electric. It, that it happens still,
2: like
3: that, yeah. Yeah, it
1: just, you know, and I feel bad because, you know, but the Taylors are amazing. I'm still, after 30 years, I'm still looking mm-hmm. for a telly that I that I actually am in love with. It hasn't happened yet. And the other guitar I want is I want a Gretsch Duo Jet. Mm. But I'm like
0: <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> the list of gear that yes. we want. Yeah. I would it, love is one of endless. Those. It's an endless list. It never stops. That no, no, list is yeah. on forever. But. I got my last Paul. I Don't say that shit. Come on. I know you better yeah, than that, bro. That. Once I, you get you those, know, it's oh, yeah. hold, hold famous a famous
2: last
1: word. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. There's there's more, you know, there's
0: only going to so go like, to Enzo's funeral. The, the, the dirt's going to be just like grassed over and he's going to, hands going to pop out. Wait a second. I got another I mean, one more. I've,
1: I, I've done, I've done, well, I've played a 335. Okay. I love this. It's cool, but hmm. it's not me. Okay. And I've played Paul Reed Smith. It's cool, but it's not me. Yeah. They're good, you know. It's just, it's not me. I played a '59 reissue, fucking awesome, but it's not me. Mm-hmm. My, my '60s classic is me, you know. Yeah, yeah. The the, the strats, I've played this year. You're on. They are pop. I like my modern C shape. It's.
0: That's me, but it takes so much like time to get to that point of knowing what is it's not about what you think it could be you it's about what you know is not what you're comfortable on. It's it's,
1: it's like Sabrina said you just know when you pick it up. Oh, yeah, Yeah.
0: exactly. And that's what I love about your (laughs) your gear story is that I mean, no, like that nobody else has that that's not like, oh, it's the collection from so and so with combined with this, no, it's, it's 100% you. I mean, there's nobody that's done this before. And so it's wonderful to see that evolve. And you you know, your dad's involved in it and it's really, it's yours. It's 100% yours. I think that is so important. So important. Keep on doing that, man. That's on the right path. hundred percent. Now we're (laughs) going to, we're going to aim towards current day. Now it's before we ask where people can find you and about uh, how to support you online and stuff. But we want to talk about your current project. So what's going on right now? And we didn't get a chance to talk about signs of a storm brewing. So can we just sort of give Mm. us a little, because we talked about wanting to be a meteorologist when you were a kid Mm -hmm. uh, and then how that led into, Mm -hmm. you alluded to it. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about, because that's still a thing, right? It's it's still available, I think, right? Signs of a storm brewing that people can, is there a place that people can have access to that?
2: Yeah. So you can uh, read the comic. It's a short six page comic on my website. Just uh, go to stardacetrail.com. On the top, there should be a comics link and follow it um, to read it on, on my website for free. Um, Yeah. It's a short story that I did uh, in the middle of the pandemic. It's, it's kind of setting. It was around the time that I started the whole Trail thing. And um, I want to do more of these comics, these little short stories where I create, my own myths about the stardace trail. So this particular comic was about the origin of thunderstorms on the stardace trail. And I actually personified thunder and I personified lightning. And they were these two entities that it was like this great love story. They were created out of nothing to fight each other. And then they, instead they ended up falling in love and, uh, Now, whenever you hear a thunderstorm on the Stardays Trail, you'll know it's them together and all this stuff. It was kind of ethereal and a little abstract. Um, I actually had like this whole before I even came up with this comic, I had this whole like huge world building thing uh, idea based on personifying different elements of the weather, like blizzards and thunderstorms, Mm -hmm. hurricanes and different (laughs) things. There was going to be different different um, areas of the world that had these villages that had these people that could, you know, exhibit certain powers of different weather And It was kind of like this huge, I think like, like Avatar last airbender kind of deal. Sure.
3: sure Instead yeah, of the yeah.
2: elements, it's different. It's different parts of like the weather. So you have like, um, I think the people that personified thunderstorms, they lived in a village called Rumble Valley. I think I remember that from my early, early days. Um, you know, but then You know, as time went on, I didn't really have time to really flesh all of that out. And then my interest changed. You know, time just kept moving and I I kind of put it on the back burner. And so that I took some of the ideas from that and it became signs of a storm brewing. So very abstract, very short, um, just a kind of like a short myth or legend that I um, I created for for the Stardust Trail. So, yeah, I want to do more short stories like that. So.
0: And having cool. that mythology, that, that that world that you've created, and I gather that some of that maybe was inspired by your research in Tatano history. Is that possible? Because I know at one point you were looking back to see how that culture had really developed. I mean, from real life, obviously, but there was so, so there was such an incredible mythos around that culture as well, like a real world mythos. Did any of that have inspirations that sort of led you down? Right, this yes. So I started learning
2: about the myth the actual because i didn't even know that puerto rico had a mythological structure like that because i knew that there were people in uh, native to that to the island which is originally called Borinquen, right and they had their own mono. they had their own uh myth of creation and stuff like that similar to like you know greek myth and norse myth um the taino those are the people that inhabited the island they had this whole um idea of of one goddess, uh, Atabe, who was the mother goddess. And she created all this stuff. And I actually, I learned all that stuff from working on in Kenya because that's how, uh, labon Kenya gets her powers from, she gets it from the Taino myth. So I was, I had no idea. I was like, what? So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. researching it and I'm finding out that there's different deities that represent the sun and the moon, which I, I've, um, uh, was actually illustrated. And those are available as, as prints too, on my website. So, yep. Um, I kind of took whatever I researched and I was creating them into like, I was making them into superheroes and these like really cool kind of hero characters, but yeah, it was from working a La in Kenya that I learned about all of that. And I love fantasy. I love myths and legends and stuff like that. So that was like right in my wheelhouse yeah. to learn about, um, so, yeah, I mean, I always, that was part of it. It always inspires my my want to create some fantastical Skyrim-esque kind of things, you know. Um, yeah.
0: And who knows, that so could that maybe eventually develop into out. something larger, too, down the road. You never know. I never see never. I mean, that, having the knowledge sort of there, at least, and you're drawing on pieces of it. Kind of like... Um, uh, is it the Silmarillion akin to, you know, the Lord of the Rings stuff, which is very fleshed out and detailed, whereas there's this mythology book that just sort of has notes about various parts of the past of the of Middle Earth that don't really flesh out or finish. It's just like story one, story two, and like, wow, I wish I could know more about that. So that kind of content yeah, I mean, is something lore, that's... Lore. That, uh,
2: yeah, the lore is, like, the best part of any story. I, I want to know how things got here, why they did certain things. That's why I'm, I'm doing a deep dive into Star Wars, because I want to know how everything happened, how everything went down. I want to uh, start reading about, like, the uh, – what's it? Um, the High Republic. So this is, like, way before anything that uh, we've seen in the prequels or the original story. So I love seeing world building. Like, that's my favorite part of any story. So
0: that's something that we can expect That's stuff that you're working on that may come out uh, sporadically about along the lines of signs of a storm brewing. So that's sort of like the precursor to other short stories to come, I guess, that are going to be available on your site.
2: I hope so. I mean, right now, uh, I, I don't have any specific like in stone ideas. I do have some kind of floating around. Um, but right now what I'm really focusing on are, (laughs) are my blues portraits And, um, I'm getting a lot of commissions for, uh, album artwork and single artwork, which is like probably my favorite thing that I'm doing right now. Cause it's, it's very, um, I, I kinda, I kinda get to essentially get free reign over what I want to do with it. They'll give me, uh, clients will give me a a general idea and be like, Oh, I want this, this, and this just do whatever you want to do. I just kind of (laughs) want to see what you create. And I'm like, okay, this is fun. (laughs) This is fun. So there's not really much, like, there's not many restrictions on that. Cause it's also their art too. Yeah. So we're working together to kind of express whatever they want to say with the album artwork, and it's it's a lot of fun because because they're artists too. So working with other artists like that is a, is a lot of fun. That's kind of what I'm working on right now is a lot of those commissions. I want to keep making blues prints um, that people seem to really like, um, and I'm also working on some other unnamed projects that I can't talk about just yet. Okay, so um, fair
3: enough. Not but yeah, actually, there was Good one. You.
2: <laughs> yeah, there was. There, yeah there was one um that's been announced um i was an inker on a new comic book from john leguizamo and it's coming out i believe this year from image comics so it's it's his own superhero comic that's really that, that was a lot of fun to work on so um a lot of ink work a lot of uh a lot of pages and um yeah so that one should be coming out this year i think i want to say november but i'm not i'm not sure um, but yeah, that was, uh, one of the new ones that was just announced. So yeah, I'm excited.
0: Very cool. Well, we're going to have link to all your socials, of course, in the description of this episode. And if anyone's interested, cause I'm sure you're going to be announcing it on whether it's Instagram or any of the other places where people can find you online, um, then mm-hmm. you'll be telling us about it. And that's where they can find out when it's available. Uh, if people want to go and visit you on, at their store on your website, we're going to put the link to your website.
2: So you can find me at stardazedtrail.com. That's where everything is. All the links to my socials, my shop, anything you want to know about me. And there's a contact page Birds if you want to hit me up
1: too.
0: <laughs> it's purely for That's Enzo the that one. I do this because he's, he's automatically going to do it and he's going to follow along. And <laughs> anyone that wants to know about more information about your services. So obviously there's a link on there somewhere. If anyone's interested in hiring you for commissions, I gather there's a link on there to contact you through your website as well.
2: Yep. You just uh, head to the contact link there and uh, send me an email and we'll talk about it.
0: Awesome. Where else other than your website, would you like people to go to find you and support you online? Where should they go to, to check you out?
2: Well, um, if you want to keep up with what I'm doing, I'm always active on Instagram and TikTok at Stardays Trail. So uh, that's where I, I'm usually the most active. Um, yeah, but there's a there's a shop link on my website if you want to support my artwork there and grab a print um, or my book, The Witch's Grimoire, um, that would be so great because it all helps me continue to keep creating artwork. And, and I think it's important to support, you know, uh, independent artists that are, you know, creating artwork that, you know, we just put it out for free on Instagram, you know, so it's, if you feel compelled to support me, that would mean the world to me. Um, it's uh, a Com as well. So yeah, those are uh, the places that you can find me and support me. I would really appreciate that.
0: You're an incredibly inspiring, creative person. And Sabrina, we're so thankful that you're able to join us on the show today. It really means a lot to to us to be able to have these conversations with unique people who have their own vision on how to express themselves. We, on, uh, on our T-Bar Weekly show and, and everywhere else, we get the opportunity. We're going to be watching your streams and checking out the new stuff that's coming out. Because whether it's artwork or even future music, music releases of your own creation that we're going to be able to listen to. And it's like, wow, this is so fucking cool. We're going to be throwing those things out on our T-Bar live stream and just generally being fans of what you do. We're really thankful for you, pal. Thank you for coming on the show. And Enzo... Seriously like seriously it's every 15 minutes we have a conversation and then we stop and then we talk and then in the morning it's like Enzo's gonna kill me one day and on my (laughs) gravestone it's gonna say just one more stream <laughs> just
1: one more <laughs> drag you
0: in ready and to drag you down as much as I can guys Sabrina, thank you for making time this morning really appreciate that thank so you for fine. thank
2: you for having me I, I appreciate it so much and um, you know doing these things helps me you know combat that shyness we were talking about so I really appreciate you uh, having me on here and I really appreciate the support it means more than you know so thank you thank you guys
0: cheers on you pal a la everybody <laughs>